0: One
1: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake. As always, I am one of your hosts, Dan Ryan. Sorry to say that even the blessings of the phoenix cannot save me from these seasonal allergies. Mm. But I'm joined, as always, by my intrepid party member.
2: I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski, and my karaoke rendition of Yellow Submarine hasn't hit the same for some reason.
1: Yeah, that brings (laughs) us to that. In case you haven't heard. The, the the raccoon executives don't want us to make any more Submarimon jokes, yeah. the submarine of reliability. Yeah. Um, but if public outcry is strong enough, if you guys can get those hashtags trending, mm-hmm. then you know, we'll probably bring it back, but yeah. gonna have to retire that for the time being. I mean, why, why beat a dead horse? <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that, that whole event came and went in between two episodes. It surely we, happened. We turned our backs for one second and... Mankind's hubris was put to the test again. I can't ten. say
2: we predicted that at least, so that wasn't no. on like our bingo no. list or anything. For once, it yeah. was not our fault. Yeah. <laughs> you can't Truly. blame us for yeah. that. Nope. Yeah. I
1: think in the distant past you've made unsingable Molly Brown jokes, yeah. but that has nothing to do with. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so
2: it's loosely related, but not the same vein of that. It just feels like we're living in a simulation, and that was just another thing that happened. Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, anyways, it is a chock-a-block news week for us. Yes. Anything to say prior to that? Well,
1: we we were on. We we'd take a brief break. Um, and so of course a lot of news dropped in that stretch of time, yes. as it always does. Mm-hmm. Uh, But we do have uh, some news things that are much bigger than others, so I will try to prioritize the smaller ones first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same for you, I assume, if there's any movie or TV stuff I'm forgetting. Um, But uh, the the first thing I figured I would bring up is the Netflix show Skull Island. Mm -hmm. Uh, You pointed this out to me, Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten that it was going up. I said, Big Ooh Animated, who do I know who will enjoy this? And so Surely far, I have yeah. it. Uh, it is from the studio that did Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is canon to the Monster Verse movies, like uh, you know Godzilla versus Kong, and those types of things. It's set in the '90s in that timeline, apparently. Um, I've seen it getting so-so reviews around the block, but I think it's enjoyable so far. Mm-hmm. It's it's de- it's certainly like PG-13. It's it's got blood. It's got a lot of uh, you know quips and stuff so it's it's definitely not a standard you know like jackie chan adventures show it's it is really in the vein of that Castlevania show Hmm. um so not like never anything actually you know violent but it's i it's i would assume it's definitely not for tots Hmm. um but it's interesting i guess it'll be used to fill in some of the timeline in the 90s on skull island Hmm. and it's really really going hard to showcase all of the weird animals that live there yeah. uh kong himself is kind of chilling in the background hmm. for most of it um but i like the creature designs the uh the main cast has some cryptid hunters on there which always gets
2: my goat so mm-hmm. uh check it out if you have time yep uh i saw a film mm-hmm Just one, over the week and a half, whatever we took off. It's a film by the name of "Bo is Afraid by friend of the pod, Harry Astor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I liked it, but I could see why people despised it. Mm -hmm. So I can get where they're coming from in that. Um, It is a three-hour epic, described as the Jewish Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Um, It has given me anxiety, pause, and confusion that I haven't experienced on film since uh, Requiem for a Dream. Mm -hmm. And... Hereditary. Mm. Eh, Hereditary was a fun time. Okay. Like that was a good like that was a good horror. Th- I wouldn't describe this as a horror thing. Mm-hmm. This is more like a weird sexual dream nervous breakdown. Going oh, okay.
1: On. Okay. Like psychological. Okay.
2: Yeah, n- not even that. It's just very very strange, very weird. There's a lot of mommy issues in this. I had to take three different sittings to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee we will watch it eventually because I need you to experience this. So maybe that's one to save until The fiscal media comes out. Of course. Because I'm thinking about it and I need your commentary on it. It was, I I just think it was a a fine movie, a great A24. Apparently it was A24's most expensive one to date. Mm -hmm. And it kind of flopped. Um, Box office wise and publicity wise and review wise. A lot of people say that it doesn't really have a plot going on here. Um, hmm. The stakes of Bo getting to his mother, who is played by, you know, my personal favorite actress, Patti Lapone, mm-hmm. who gets the last hour or so of the movie to chew the scenery, mm-hmm. which is anything I could want from, like, a mother villain revealed at the end. Right. Um, truly transcendental, changed my life, all I ever wanted in a film before. But I can, as I understand, that some people might not enjoy this. It It's confusing. It kind of uh, blast everyone's personal insecurities and anxieties like every single one you can think of like being in a stranger's home going out into the world to get you know an appointment with your therapist, medicine uh, mm-hmm. stolen baggage um, there's a, a a killer on the loose called like birthday suit stabby man or whatever mm-hmm. there's a brown recluse spider loose in your substandard apartment complex uh, your mom is nagging and eventually you know something horrible might happen to her when you don't heed her beck and call there's okay. a lot of factors going on there. I'm okay. Like, oh, the anxiety just builds and builds and builds and there's never truly a release in the end of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And there are some surprises, some strange surprises at the very end. Um, hmm. It seems like a film that Astor had fun making. Right. Right. So I'm glad to see these auteurs given the budget and the time to put things out. It seems like a very personal project to him. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite of his, but I think it. we need to give it some time to grow.
1: Find a fan base. Yep. Pro- or Well, I, I, I mean, that's not the right word. Find an audience, mm-hmm. grow its audience, maybe. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, it's disappointing that, that it was a box office. Um, you said it was original, a box office bomb. Yeah, but,
2: yeah, Disappointment Boulevard, original title. Maybe that was the intent the whole time.
1: But um, that's one of the things. Well, I mean, maybe we'll save this for something more movie-centric, but... Mm. Uh, <laughs> Shit is bombing left and right. Yeah. There is, there is, you know, you can go out to the theater these days and you can just watch money burn Mm -hmm. on an unprecedented scale.
2: More than our figures. Yeah, more than our (laughs) figures. Which I thought was impossible. Which
1: at least serve a delightful purpose on our shelves. (laughs) That's not, you know, but, but there, I think the only things that have managed to consistently hold at the box office have been Spider-Verse and, um
2: partially that transformers movie it's okay barbie's gonna come and save us
1: yeah yep. well it, it just might yeah. that one two of that in oppenheimer might like <laughs> rejuvenate some you know yep. theater audiences uh, but nothing is set in stone these days in terms of like how you try to market something or you know i only bring that up because there's a lot of cape shit that's been going around recently i only i only watched the second shazam movie like last week or something and i haven't seen the flash yet but by all accounts, it is a it is a nightmare. It is like a CGI, just, pile of trash. So future Sinister Six, pick most likely, but... Um, I don't know. There's, it, it, it's like, n- nothing is guaranteed to win at that box office these days. Mm-hmm. Like, audiences seem to be more selective about what they go to watch. Yeah. Which might not work for the, the system, so... Yep. Um, but... In terms of movies, mm-hmm. uh, I watched this past week
2: *Evil Dead Rise*, uh, which was very oh yeah, good. I, I've yeah. seen I've seen this as well. I forgot. Yeah, excellent yep. horror movie. Yeah. yeah, loved it. Good franchise because it was a good movie. That's why I eclipsed. I was like, ah, what a fine fun horror time. Yeah, it, it was. It just like
1: the the fucking makeup effects and everything, and it, it was just really refreshing to see. It was really really good because we again we seem to be in a good time for horror at least. Yes. Um,
2: but yeah thoroughly recommend that one mm-hmm. it's bloody uh, um not as intense as the original i don't know if it's a remake rehash like the 2013 one yeah, the other remake yeah. yeah this one was like more goofy fun trapped in an apartment with a family humor
1: yes yeah
2: but uh for however long hbo max
1: remains in or max, max. i'm sorry oh. remains in <laughs> existence as they're selling <laughs> off assets they mm-hmm. did put i would assume in celebration of evil dead Rise is going up they put out All of the classic movies, too. So they they put out their most recent remake and then all the classics. So Mm -hmm. thoroughly recommend going to go check those out, too, Mm -hmm. because those are excellent horror movies. Those are Sam Raimi being goofy or progressively more goofier as time goes on. Army of Darkness is a... is a beast in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go watch those.
2: I think originally they were going to put it on streaming, but like the audience or like the test audiences like demanded, like you should release that in theaters. Yeah. So I'm happy that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's doing well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, you next? Oh, is it me? Sorry, hold on one second. Um, I saw two shows on Broadway yesterday. Go on. I saw Here Lies Love, which is by David Byrne. who mm-hmm. You will know from Hereditary; he's the dad in that. Mm-hmm. Also, singer, famous, you know, dancer, mover. Um, uh, it was very good. It's about uh, Emil Marcos in the style of Evita, mm-hmm. where we kind of see her as a young ingenue, and then she eventually transforms into the monsters mm-hmm. that we we know from like the Philippines, her her reign of terror. And everything. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it's a very extremely strange style of staging for this show. Like, they gutted that whole theater. They made it a disco. There's like four levels of seating, one where you're just standing on the floor, one where you're on the sides, and then two, like, regular seating in the mezzanines. Mm-hmm. Um I never seen the theater, uh, a theater set up exactly in this formation before. They have, like, people in the standing room with, like, their glow batons, commanding people as if it's, like, a 1980s club that you're in. Mm-hmm. It, it was very cool looking. Um, I don't think it showed truly how terrible Milda Marcos was. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of death and violence kind of showing. It's only a 90-minute intermissionless show. Okay. So there's a lot to squeeze in in that those 90 minutes. And I think they spend a little bit too much time on like Amelda as a young girl falling in love and then ascending into the hierarchy of the government over there. Of course. Um, I wish they would have lingered more because the audience was a lot of Filipino representation on stage and mm-hmm. in the seats. But it was also a lot of old white people who were very confused on whether they should clap or boo for Amelda at the end, <laughs> which, you know, I think huh. that could be what they're going for. Because it's a mixed message. Evita's the same way, but Evita's been out so long. And I think that's a little more distant from, you know, current events. Yeah. That, uh, more current events. Because her, I forget, one of her nephews or like her, her, I forget, someone related to Amelda Marcos is currently still the president of the Philippines over there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. It, it was just, you know, while knowing that and at the end it was just mixed reactions and I was like, hey, I went left feeling a little bit awkward. There was some awkward audience participation, which I expect in this kind of scenario. They had us get up and do like two line dances in our seats and, mm-hmm. you know, doing that next to disgruntled old people is never a fun time uh, for anyone. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but but I, I feel like I'm lambasting the show that was actually really good and, you know, a one of kind theater experience with talent that can actually sing, because the songs were all bops. Okay. Yeah. So there was that, and then Transcendental, the hottest ticket on Broadway currently, Light in the Piazza, closing today, Mm -hmm. so you won't be able to see it unless it extends, gets a cast album, or goes to Broadway a la other city center shows, but this is a a damn gem of a musical. It's very kind of similar to Carnival in a way, Mm -hmm. which uh, is the only musical I know you know... i know you've seen yeah um so it's about a woman it's based on like an old movie and a novella uh where a woman goes with her daughter to florence uh the daughter is uh mentally i don't know how to describe this like handicapped she Mm -hmm. got kicked by a horse as a youth okay so she's a little bit more childlike and innocent she hasn't fully matured to act her 26 year old self um, and her mom's overprotective. She falls in love with an Italian man, the the daughter uh-huh. and then it's kind of like seeing past that insecurity because there's this language barrier. and it's it, it- It's just a wonderful, like, tearjerker of a show that you see this mother and daughter kind of bond and, you know, progress this whole thing in Italy Mm -hmm. um, in a different atmosphere. This production stood out because we had Ruthie Ann Miles and Anna, I forget her last name. She's like a standout playing the mother and daughter, um, directed by an Mm Asian-American and starring Asian-Americans, which added a new lens of, like, the tourist in From America going over to Italy. So Mm -hmm. it was like a new vein that we haven't seen on Broadway with this because it's only been um, produced once on Broadway in like the early aughts. So it came back again, City Center, and the audience was phenomenal. The the crowd was like in it to win it. Mm -hmm. It was like a blend of comedy and drama. The talent on stage was unbelievable. I just need a cast recording of this. And I went with Gabe, and Gabe was like emotional over it. (laughs) <laughs> wow, so okay. you know, it brought a, a few tears to our eyes because that's just how beautiful and powerful the show is. And I was like, oh, I haven't really considered this um, since the original cast recording. I didn't see it. It was you know, we were young back then. Mm-hmm. It was before high school. But uh, this might be like you know, a great, truly perfect musical. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I, was fun. I, I had
1: never. I don't even think I'd heard of this yeah. prior like the to the
2: piazza. <laughs>
1: like seeing you, you know, when you posted your I think you posted the playbill or yeah. something and I'm like oh what is that but it, it sounds like it was uh, transformative it was it was, uh, for you. it was my favorite show of
2: the year Eclipsing Doll's House a <laughs> oh, well <laughs> yeah.
1: the power of Chastain yeah uh, you know yeah. will always come back mm-hmm. um Speaking of emotional experiences, I'll move on to my next oh, good. thing. Uh, we got the live-action trailer for the One Piece show. We got the trailer for the live-action one piece show.
2: And Brazil went crazy over those actors.
1: <laughs> I smiled. I <laughs> I smiled thoroughly, and I don't care who knows it. I I was happy with how that trailer looked. Mm-hmm. Um simple, I think it's like I think they said eight episodes. Uh, you know, covering the Romance Dawn arc, mm-hmm. I think from, you know, the beginning up until the fight with Arlong, I would assume, based on the titles, because and who's been casted. Mm. The cast sheet is gigantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at it in totality, people have made, like, visuals, and it's just, they have everyone ready to go. Yeah. And for the most part, like, everyone looks perfect for their characters. Mm. I'm excited when everyone gets to see the dude... Who plays Arlong in in full makeup? Because they, you know, they cast like a like a, a like a jacked dude. <laughs> they cast a fishman, who I think could pull off like you know the imposing look of Arlong really well. But there's so many others, like so many background characters and side characters who you know would get cut from any lesser yeah. adaptation in there. And I I was just just thoroughly
2: pleased. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what's gonna, you know, it could be the case that this comes out and... I just hope
2: it doesn't turn into Cowboy Bebop.
1: No. Yeah, Mm. that's, is always an ever present fear. Yeah. Um, But this feels, you know, unlike was the case with Cowboy Bebop, the creator is actually having input Mm. with this. The budget is there. It's more expensive than I think Game of Thrones was. Uh, Not Netflix's most expensive production ever. It, It doesn't beat like a
2: stranger things I would assume stranger things <laughs> yeah.
1: but uh a lot of money going into it mm-hmm. and you know hopefully that will all pay off it, but it, it might not it could just be that this is something that that comes out well,
2: Oda seems excited so He does yeah. he went there to I'm Glad someone gave him some joy <laughs> Yeah he went there on his vacation to <laughs> Yeah of course of course of
1: course he did Dan and uh you know when they were building like the physical ship models and stuff and you know it it if it doesn't do well, could just be, you know, these eight episodes and they cancel it, as Netflix is, is wont to do. Mm. Um, but this seemed like a big investment for them, and I would hope that, uh, you know, it pays off. Mm. I think the cast is just perfect, as I've said, especially the main cast. Um, you know, they all kind of fit with the vibes that they have, in, you know, at that point in the story. Uh, they're all the, like loosely canon ethnicities that Oda said that they would have mm. had, so, like, they're all... We're getting representation there. Yep. And, like, even if they're not all one-to-one of their characters, like, the... I think they bring an appropriate level of, like, fun and charm to it, especially mm-hmm. the Luffy guy. Yeah. Like, the, he... He he it seems charisma. Like, he embodies Luffy. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for it. Mm. You know, and there's... There's... You, it, People have, have pointed out that there could be potential issues. Like when you look at stuff from the trailer, for instance, the sky is very empty. Like it, it kind of gives off like a, you know, like an unfinished CGI background thing. Like There's no clouds ever. There's mm-hmm. nothing, there's no verticality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would assume that that could be stepped up as they go. They're adapting the locations from each you know, chapter to the mm-hmm. best of their ability, it seems. So, I hope it works. Yep, I I sincerely do. Comes out on my birthday. Yep. That's a true
2: sign from the gods, right? I there. did yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You did that. <laughs> I, Thank you. Thank I you. called <laughs> up Nelly Netflix and uh, I let them know. The Nelly Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Get me a point with them. Inheritor of the uh, <laughs> the Netflix fortune, after the rest of the family was lost
1: on the Titanic. Yeah. But, oh, uh, but yeah. So, it, it, yeah. Um, but no, I I am definitely going to give it a, a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope others do as well. Because it just looks fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh,
2: my next thing is the big thing. And then the big video game. Uh, a demo. This is confusing. For the, the demo for the video game and then the, the video game presentation. That's what I got left. Okay,
1: so let's do the video game first.
2: Well, that's the demo I'm talking about. I don't know if you want to talk about that big one. Have you played any of Final Fantasy 16? Why are you getting around the bush? I have, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. So I played and beat the demo of Final Fantasy 16 mm-hmm. hopefully on my uh Coming vacation, I'll be able to play a little bit of it. And I thoroughly enjoyed this. I love a good long cutscene. Mm-hmm. I love a dramatic Game of Thrones intrigue. As Dan said, I can't tell. There are 18 Jonathan characters who there are in this. And I said, I know. I can't pick a favorite. Do I dare be the evil Duchess? Benedicta. <laughs> be- Benedicta. <laughs> so many to choose from.
1: lighten your fucking long jet cigarette <laughs> <Yeah>. with like... <laughs> Everyone does that. Everyone lights their cigarette with their little icon power. And having
2: like an icon office romance when they should be, you know, yeah, doing war crimes or whatever they're supposed to do. I like Clive as a lead. He seems likable. Oh, poor, poor Phoenix boy Joshua, though. (laughs) Yeah, I should have assumed something was going to happen with the young one. It
1: it is, um, so you've played the demo, you finished the demo, I also finished the demo, but I have started the game Mm -hmm. itself, I think I, I am not that far into it, uh, because I've been, I've been trying to divvy my time up between that and art, uh, but I, I've, I've, I I think I'm like, this is gonna sound incorrect, but I'm like a few chapters in, I'm not that far, I'm maybe like, You know, the demo itself was like an hour and a half or something. For you, maybe. (laughs) Uh, And then I think I've played like two hours into the Mm -hmm. game itself. Uh, So I've met some other characters who I don't have to spoil anything if you don't want me to. Mm. Uh, But lots of little, like, you'll meet characters that you, you know, obviously staples of Final Fantasy. They're going to make little references to the things that they usually do in those games. Um... I, I am having a th- thoroughly good time with it. Mm-hmm. I you know the combat is like butter. It is. Yeah. It is. It it's is. Kingdom Hearts Three should have been because like they brought in that Devil May Cry guy mm-hmm. for this, right? Mm-hmm. And it shows. Yeah. And you can have fun with those combos. You can have fun with the you know the the battles are exciting.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, if it gets too hard, you can wear a little trinket.
1: You can. Yep. Uh, there's like those little, uh. You, know, you can switch out the icon powers to kind of give yourself a different moveset. Mm-hmm. There's all these... And again, it feels like I I am, like... I haven't even fully stepped into the... It's just... I still yeah. just got Clive and just his Phoenix set up, so I'm assuming, based on how all of the UI is... Like, that I'm gonna have to collect them all at some mm-hmm. point, but it, it it's... um It is something. Yeah. Like, it, it feels... Okay, obviously, with the previous installment, you and I both played that years after mm-hmm. the fact. Yeah. We, we got it on the same day when all of Final Fantasy XV, <laughs> DLCs included, went yeah. up for like $10. Yeah, we said, now it's time. Like, two years ago, we yeah. scooped it then. I think we... It might have been an early on an early Anime Was Not a Mistake it, episode that we discussed was, yeah. getting that. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, that... That game had a place in our lives because we had a friend yeah. who more Obsessed. or less based his entire persona on Knocked on Final us. Fantasy fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So it was always present, but we never played it. Yeah. How, how how are you comparing the two of them oh, so far?
2: Sixteen, definitely my more of my cup of tea. I,
1: I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. There's no
2: contest. I, I'll finish this one.
1: Because <laughs> the the discourse has been very heated about this game so far yeah
2: people are saying it's not final fantasy the directors came out said it's not exactly the final fantasy that you might expect but this is a good change they're trying something new
1: they are and it's it's like you know i'm 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 having a blast with it mm-hmm. you know i got these these i know cutscenes might piss some people oh, off but, but you and i love cutscenes. yeah and i'm seeing you know final fantasy monsters in there and i'm I'm having a good time mm. uh, but it's like i was trying to think like okay well well final fantasy 15 also had that action rpg combat it wasn't turn-based no. the final fantasy 7 remake didn't have it so it's like is, is it just because it's so many steps removed from like you know, not having a, a true party that, that that is doing it for people, that, that it's
2: like... There's no big crystal, but there's technically big crystals. Yeah, but... there, are, yeah, there, are, <laughs> then, yeah
1: there are big crystals. I um, don't know,
2: people are afraid of change and they get upset over the stupidest things. That's what I think it comes down to.
1: Yeah, well, because I, I... At the very least, is... When I'm when I'm going into to Final Fantasy sixteen, it is it is like it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is just a gorgeous fucking game. It's got that scene seam, like seamless transition between cutscenes and into gameplay that that we crave. Mm-hmm. Um, it just does feel a little more complete than fifteen did yes. when we
2: when we got it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel as like overwhelmingly. I mean, it's grand, it's huge, yeah, but it feels like. I've got a direction to move in. Yeah. Which I like, because everything that I've been so far, like, big zones... mm mm-hmm. um, I don't know if there's, like, an open-world segment that opens up after the chapters. To... But it's, like, you go, like, to points on the map. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: but to my knowledge, the the rest of the game is, like, selecting points on a map. Mm-hmm. But there are two areas that are... Semi open oh, world, like okay. like they like. I don't know what story purpose they serve, but when you go to those areas, it's kind of like you can get a chocobo to ride around on. And mm-hmm. I haven't gotten there yet, but that's what I've seen in YouTube reviews. Okay, uh, you know there are they're not open world, but there's like two giant areas that I would assume are for running around and collecting stuff in. Okay, um, but I I am thoroughly enjoying. Like I am speaking as somebody who. I love the goober aesthetic of like fifteen mm-hmm. and of like seven. Like that like that kind of, you know, loosely present-day sci-fi mm-hmm. type setting. Like, you know, I enjoy that. Yes. Um, but I don't know, this just feels this feels like a throwback to like the first three Final Fantasy games. Like mm-hmm. the like the the top down little difficult adventures and shit. Yeah. Which were medieval settings and stuff and I don't know. I I I think it'll be, I think it'll be one of one of the faves this year. Yes, I think mm. so. All right,
2: but do keep me posted as you keep going. So. I shall. So, anyways, Nintendo. Yeah, they surprised us. They did it again, huh? Another direct. It feels like they come whenever we're at our lowest and in need of them the most. Yeah. Um, you know our wallets are always empty. <laughs> they are. And now they're just going to get more emptier. But Nintendo Direct, we got... We got a sizable amount of stuff. I think we were both pretty pleased with this Direct. Oh, very pleased, in fact. And I have everything written down in exact order, so...
1: Okay, mine is not in order, so yeah. you should probably use yours. Yeah, so. so
2: just chime in whenever you feel fit. And of course, I'm passing the baton to you immediately. The first thing they start with is some Pokemon DLC. The Hidden Treasure of Area Zero, the Teal Mask, and the Indigo, Indigo Disk. Yeah, we got, uh, like, finally a
1: little bit more, like, info about the places that we'll be going to in those DLCs. Obviously... Uh, Kido Kami is giving off exactly as myself and I'm sure many of us hoped is a uh, summer trip to Japan vibes. Yeah. It's got the, you know, the that big open classic road with a little town and a convenience store right there. Uh, you're, you know, running down a highway with your Pokemon uh, out in the countryside and everything seems to be themed around uh, like a summer festival in this little region uh, presumably, yeah, I, we are probably literally taking a field trip to, back to the Japan yeah. continent, uh, or, or whatever, however Pokemon defines that landmass, mm-hmm. um, people are saying the Tohoku region is going to be the inspiration, because that's where those, you know, a lot of those traditional sites are found, yeah. uh, but Kitakami is, is clearly going to be a different experience, lots of jotomons in there. Uh, obviously, we got the summer festival stuff going. People are noticing all of these little food stalls and shaved ice mm-hmm. stalls to, to fully immerse ourselves. We can wear jimbe, uh, if we so choose, and festival masks. Um, and there seems to be some kind of connection between the three uh,
2: fruit brutes and yeah.
1: the, the skull kid.
2: I don't know how I feel about them still. I like skull kid. Mm-hmm. The fruit brutes... <laughs> I, who knows? Yeah. I assume the bird will grow on you. It seems snooty. Yeah, so. I, I do like the bird the best. I mean, but that was no mystery, Dan. You're of not course. one yeah. of solving the <laughs> greatest case. Um, I do like the outdoor kind of uh, night market thing that they have going on here. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's given the Gen tours a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Even though they get on enough love, they get the second most love right after Gen 1, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, true, true. But it hasn't wowed me yet. I think this is going to be something that you have to play and and tell me how it's going. Of course, yeah, which um, I know you will. I will. <laughs> yeah, um, but the second portion of the DLC peaked your bit, interest. Yeah, it looked a little more interesting to me. That is the Blueberry Academy, <laughs> the, the Blueberry <laughs> School for uh, for girls, Pokécraft okay, and <laughs>
1: villainy. Um, but uh, that is a futuristic school in the middle of the sea, uh, presumably located off Paldea somewhere. Uh, and for anyone wondering how new Pokémon will be added back into that. Uh, They have a giant Jurassic Park underground terrarium Mm -hmm. that I love, because I love big, stupid underground, you know, uh, artificial forests and everything, and it's divided into, like, four biomes Mm -hmm. uh, where you can catch previous-gen mons. Uh, There's a lot of other students who go there. I think some of them are featured in, like, the Splash art for everything. Um, Besides our two main rivals kieran yeah. and something else i don't clarissa um,
2: explains it all i don't know
1: and there's <laughs> there's probably going to be some emphasis on pokemon battling there like the <laughs> pokemon game i know that uh i think for the the tcg maybe is getting like battle academy trademarked so there might be some kind of post-game battling facility located there since the base game doesn't have that maybe we don't know but it could be something that serves that purpose. Yes. Uh, Cuz like Sun and Moon had like that battle institute and everything like that. Yeah. So um yeah, I I I am thoroughly excited and, and somehow completing quests in both Jap- Japan countryside and Blue School will lead us uh to Terrapagos the mysterious <laughs> turtle yeah. that, you know, embodies every type. Hides in the the bottom of areas perhaps they are the disc if I, if I had to guess, it's going to be like, we'll gather lore from somewhere in Kitakami and then gather some lore at the Blueberry Academy. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, that'll all build towards Terrapago's Revealing Itself. And of course, yep. the new anime series has Baby Turtle, mm. whose name is unknown at this point. But I have a feeling. Yeah, he's related. Yeah. Um, so that'll probably come into it at some point. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited.
2: All right. Yeah. Uh, next. Oh. Oh.
1: And of yeah. course, it's got it's for some reason it's the year of Snorlax. Oh, so Snorlax is back in the first DLC, yeah. and there's a whole bunch of events happening in Japan where Snorlax is crashing real life things, <laughs> and it's I think to hype up Pokemon Sleep. Oh. I don't know. But uh, Snorlax is a fave, so
2: glad that he's getting his year of Luigi. Yeah, you can get your patented Snorlax sleep apnea mask. Yes. In Japan, probably. Yes. That would be a, a marketable material. Uh, next, Sonic Superstars was shown off. I just think it looks neat. It does. Um, it doesn't look as good on the Switch as it apparently does, but the Switch does offer the portability mm-hmm. and local co-op. I will be picking this up because the Sonic looks fun. Are you leaning towards Switch version? or are you? Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's a 2D Sonic, so yeah, I, if yeah. it's a local co-op, I mean, yeah. What else am I gonna do? I could play it in bed. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Uh, but I will be picking it up. I think it's cool. Going back to that 2D, 3D style.
1: People have pointed out, if you look at the logo, there's two blacked-out stars mm-hmm. in that logo behind the colors we recognize. Could open the door for two
2: more characters, perhaps. We don't know. Yeah. Maybe you'll finally be able to play as Eggman. Ah, oh, that would be a dream. And he just rolls. What a dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tucks and rolls. He's got uh, a gun. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's his special ability. He can shoot. Um, next is Palia, which is a free-to-play house builder crop simulator thing. Um, I just had to mention everything because, you know what? There are a, There's a bevy of these types of games yeah, that lot. are just all around. How could you possibly choose one? A lot
1: were announced uh, last time, too. Yeah. Um... And I haven't dabbled in any of them yet because I almost lost a piece of my soul to Stardew Valley. Oh, so yeah. I can't, I've learned what I can and cannot get into. <laughs> you can't bite of that pie. And, uh, but no, they look good.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but, you know, Animal Crossing steals my heart. I don't think I'll be picking any of these up. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's like, live a better life. <laughs> like, gee, <laughs> isn't that something we all want to do? Fight monsters. Yeah. Uh, next Persona 5 Tactica... It's also coming to the Switch. We mm-hmm. knew that was coming, though. I will be picking this up. I'm sure Atlas is gonna fill it, pump it full of DLC mm-hmm. uh, that I will inevitably buy because I do love the Persona 5 franchise in particular. It's the one that got me hooked onto the series proper. Um, so I'm happy for any Persona love mm-hmm. that's coming our way. Um, another game, new one, Mythforce, which is like a Saturday morning cartoon in the style of like Dragon's Lair. I am interested in this. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly,
1: slightly interested in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for the, for the, for the visual style.
2: Looks cool. Yeah. Uh, big choice coming up for you, Dan. Oh, one, I knew it. I knew it. One that, you know, unfortunately I had to end my friendship with Grant Farouk over. We're no longer friends.
1: I was going to ask about he's this not, if you He's not, he's not welcome
2: in the house anymore. So you better choose wisely. Yeah. This podcast could end right now. have a nice short time. I, 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 came prepared. So there's a new Splatfest. And you know how it goes, Dan. Yes. The question is, which of these ice cream flavors is the best? If mm-hmm. three choices. Vanilla, strawberry, or mint chip. Which of these ice cream flavors is the best? There's nuance to my answer. I care not for nuance.
1: Oh, okay. Without,
2: with no, <laughs> no nuance. No, no, no. Give me the nuance. With, Give me the uh, nuance. Yep. Uh, Work it up.
1: <laughs> I enjoy... Strawberry ice cream but I vanilla is my go-to and insofar as I can top it with other things that it blends nicely with mm-hmm. uh, you can put it in sandwiches you can put it uh, you know cones tons of toppings blizzards yeah uh, so I picked vanilla
2: you chose wisely <laughs> I yeah vanilla is my go-to choice however there's one flavor in there that mustn't be touched. <laughs> No, mint, I... mint chip. You know I hate mint. That's... I, would, I would assume a normal person would hate mint chip, but no. Grand Faroque, Heather Chalella, Becky Klein, all swear and live and die by mint chip ice cream. So these are people to avoid in the future. I won't associate with them.
1: I cannot stand mint. I, I've never understood that. Like, you don't said, need to... why
2: don't you just eat toothpaste then?
1: And... Well, that's what they always say. Whenever you question people about mint flavor, it's, like, it's refreshing. Like, I don't want ice cream to be refreshing. Like, I... What? What? But, yeah, no, I... You don't have to worry about me falling to the, uh... I... I, Vanilla... Vanilla, to me, is the... is the obvious pick. I... I will occasionally enjoy some strawberry ice cream, but in small doses, but vanilla is... Vanilla's vanilla. Vanilla
2: goes with everything. I was called boring. I was, the stones that were thrown at me, (laughs) for enjoying vanilla. Well, if anything, vanilla's the most expensive. Know of the vanilla bean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exotic.
1: (laughs) It it, it is, uh, you know, if they want some mint chip, they could put some, like, crumpled up mint cookies into vanilla ice cream. Apparently, though,
2: this is Splatoon yet again catering to the Japanese because what's big in Japan but mint chip ice cream. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, eh. So I'm sure Grant will win the Splatfest. Uh, yeah, but could, I won't sell my morals out. I be. won't side with something that I can't agree with.
1: I feel like, I feel like, if I mean, if it's big in Japan, then everyone in Japan might pick it. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of folks here might also pick it because it's the fun green color. Yeah. And Macabre, uh, of
2: course, picks Strawberry. Just to be a contrarian. Of course, yeah, yeah but, but yeah, it, it's fine. It I said I could accept strawberry. Yeah, yeah. There's one thing I can't tolerate. It's mint chip. And now, <laughs> Grant and I, during random points of the day, I'll just text him, mint chip.
1: <laughs> no. No, no,
2: no. I'll never forget. Not a chance. Yeah, I won't forgive. I won't forget. Mint chip. We better be prepared, because when he comes over on Christmas, I'm going to have a little surprise for him. <laughs> My own mint chip ice cream. <laughs> He's going to do a Bruce Bogtrotter from Matilda and have to eat the whole pint. (laughs) You love it so much, huh? Grant, go, Grant. Suck it it down. Don't help him. Don't cry for him. Yeah, I I, I don't don't see the appeal. You know, something so simple really divided a community Mm -hmm. that I thought, you know, people I thought were friends, now enemies. going to take a while to win me back. But speaking of something else that you love... A series that was rumored but hasn't been seen for a while. Detective Pikachu two, Detective Pikachu returns.
1: I did not play the first one. Yeah, but you like
2: Pokemon. I you do. like detectives yeah. stuff. So yeah.
1: if this if this looks really good, I'll I'll end up uh, I might end up grabbing it. It looks mm. like it'll be a bigger because I remember the DS one was like or the 3DS one was like multiple episodes that was kind of this looks like a big full you know, all in one game. So that might give me more incentive to play it. Yes. Uh, But yeah, I'll check it out.
2: Yep. Uh, Then something else that gooped. Me. I don't Mm. know about you personally. Uh, There was rumored to be a big SNES remake coming. Oh. Between Chrono Trigger and a certain other game. It was the other game. Square and Nintendo are back together again, being friends once more. The good times are coming, Dan. Oh, yeah we're getting Super Mario RPG remaster remake and it looks gorgeous and fun. It does. It it looks
1: beautiful. It looks like a one-to-one remake with all of just the assets updated and, and the world made more detailed. Mm-hmm. I was very very happy about this yeah. because uh there's always been this rumbling in the background for the past couple years with the Mario mandate like yeah. they, how they can't you can't use yeah. like Paper Mario characters, mm-hmm. you have to. It just has to be Toad with like a hat, or yeah. s- or no, not even Toad. It just has to be toad. a yeah. different colored Toad, and that's the extent of mm. of. But to see these characters coming back, to see these variants coming back, to see Geno and Mallow, yep. it's like we seem to find like Nintendo seems to be, and this plays into the other reveal from yep. this direct. It's yep. like they seem to be willing to finally play with Mario again, mm-hmm. and like let it be
2: more unique finally unique weird yeah which is what it should be um this gives me hope because there is another rumor that thousand year door is also being currently remade which would be amazing which is the pinnacle of gamecube that's one of the greatest rpgs of all time it is um i love that game so much so i can hope and then nintendo they got my ass gal (laughs) they They said not only is mario getting a game or two but our girl princess peach She's taking it to the stage, all Jessica Chastain, and I I said, "God (laughs) damn it!" (laughs) I said, "If they got me with one thing, they got me with another." And she's on the stage performing. We got a seven-second tease of her doing a magical girl transformation Mm -hmm. sequence, and I said, "Well, there I go. Yeah, (laughs) I'll give any amount of money for that stupid game." It's combining your two great loves, (laughs)
1: theater and (laughs) peach. So it's, I'm like, "Ooh, they're gonna, they're gonna snag him."
2: And they did, uh, but no information aside from coming next year. Yes. And then we got a remake of Luigi's Mansion 2 Dark Moon coming to the Switch. Pleased to see it. Yep. Everything Uh, but one on the Switch now. Yeah, which I'd
1: probably be inevitable. Mm -hmm. Maybe, uh, you know, if we ever get like a GameCube virtual console. But the, uh, yeah, I I think, you know, there might have been a lot of people that didn't give that a shot originally. Um, I did play it. Yeah. I don't, you know, I wasn't crazy about it, but I've grown to appreciate Luigi's Mansion more mm-hmm. since, you know, replaying some of the older ones and re, uh, since, you know, the most Three. recent one that Three. came out. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm, I might go back and give that a hmm. second try. So. Okay.
2: Uh, now after your heart, finally at last, Dan, you've been thinking it to yourself the whole time, when can I play the back- Batman Asylum games on the Switch? <laughs> Y-
1: yeah, I, uh, And I guess you
2: can now. I don't know if they're Cloud. <laughs> I-, I was expecting them to be Cloud. They seem like pretty big games. I don't know if they're gonna um, play so well on the Switch. Because
1: the... Like, I got my PS4 in a bundle with Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, okay, that was PS4. That was, that was two consoles, you know, whatever ago. Um maybe the switch could do it yeah but i don't i i am very uncertain as to how it will do it Mm. either that switch is going to be running hot or it's (laughs) going to be cloud i i don't i don't know and then
2: it just won't run
1: because they did get they did get arkham city to run on the wii u
2: i just think of those kingdom hearts games and how they don't they're not playable they're not playable playable. no and if those aren't playable
1: there's no way that the arkham games would be either because you need that reaction time Mm -hmm. um but again they did get arkham city running on the wii u (laughs) famously we got the armored edition Mm -hmm. which gave him blue gloves yeah and you know if they could do that maybe they could squeeze knight onto the switch i don't know (laughs) um but if it works maybe i'll play those again Mm. but
2: Probably better places to play those yes. still. So, uh, a few quick ones: Gloomhaven, which is like cards and RPG combined. Mm-hmm. Look fun, look quirky. We get Just Dance, which I know. If there's one thing Dan is, it's a Just Dance Dan. Oh yeah, he's dancing his way home today. Like, of course, it's yes, like yeah. put Migos in there. Let me dance to that.
1: I, I, I guess there's a Just Dance. <laughs> What what was it? Just Dance Plus or Just Dance Universe? What do you mean? This is your
2: favorite series. You
1: should be telling me. I'm just well. I'm testing your knowledge. It (laughs) it looked like they were announcing some kind of Just Dance perpetual subscription, but I don't. You you uh, should
2: know that it's subscription based now because it's your favorite series. Then I
1: should have known that that (laughs)
2: sucks. But (laughs) perhaps you didn't see a price tag. You just I I only saw what can you pay to dance the glitz and glamour of the dancing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, Silent Hope, which is an action RPG. With, like, seven silent warriors and, like, a vague Final Fantasy style. Mm-hmm. Gonna look at the reviews. It looked cute. I think that seven is a little bit too much, even though we got Octopath Traveler, which has eight. Which just famously has eight. <laughs> but so. you see, Dad, that tied into the names. So. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna be the exact same thing. And Octopath is, like, its own flavor of stupid yeah. RPG that I love. Um, we get Fae Farm, which is another farm simulator with fairies. Yes. Yep. That's been getting good press and good reviews. Hmm. So I mean if farming is your thing with fairies, why not pick it up? Sure. Yeah. Uh Hot Wheels Unleash Two? Wow. Yep, yeah, I... Soon you'll be racing with Hot Wheels. Um what's this one? I can't read this one. Main machines? Oh mechanic manic mechan mechanic mechanics <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> Which it's... is overcooked with mechanics. With cars. Yeah. yeah. So in case you wanna <laughs> Try it. I look fun, but I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mario and Rabbits, Sparks of Hope got their second DLC. I hear good things about those games. I do too. I've never tried them. No. But I, there's like a lot of people who compare it to like
1: XCOM, but yeah. with
2: like it is, rabbits, yeah. so yeah. yeah. And Mario characters. Um, Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince.
1: I'm scooping this one. Yeah.
2: I'm very
1: excited for this one because I fell in love with Dragon Quest XI. Um, I've gone back and played a few older ones since then, but again, my my main first foray into the series was Dragon Quest XI. Mm. My favorite game of that year by far. Um, I'm now in love with that universe, so I'm gonna go ahead and get this when it comes out. Because yep. it looks like it's, you know, monster taming. You're playing as like a, like a demon dude mm-hmm. um, on a quest, because his, <laughs> his ability to battle monsters has been taken away, mm. so he has to befriend the monsters instead. Yes. So it's I'm excited for that because I love the
2: world yep. then the big one Pikmin 4 yes she's a Uh they revealed uh, Otachi is the dog's name mm-hmm. so get a cute dog and then there's this weird Olimar looking clone plant thing that you do Dendori battles with, which are almost like the bingo battles. Well which everyone loves.
1: Evil Olimar, his his hair has grown because presumably he's been trapped on the planet for well, We don't know if that's Olimar. Well no, I'm saying whoever it is <laughs> yeah. uh, is is uh you know is is clearly having like a Tom Hanks uh you know castaway experience. Um you know who could who could it be? But yeah, yeah you gotta do Dendori battles
2: and, uh. And you get night expeditions now with new glow Pikmin. Who I like. Yeah. They look fittingly. They'll be sucking up Luminol. <laughs> yeah? Uh.
1: And. Oh, oh, Odachi can swim. So <laughs> Odachi can, can do a lot of things. He can maybe, like, salvage, like, so your Pikmin don't drown in yeah. mass. <laughs> so,
2: now, question what happens if they kill off Odachi Odachi? You're thinking they will? <laughs> they might.
1: i could see it (laughs) because pikmin doesn't fuck around he gets gutted
2: Hey, pikmin, pikmin, i don't think the dog is gonna die the pikmin world in the nintendo game i don't think so it's not forgiving yeah so. but i just imagine a universe where the, the timeline will split where in one there's a bloody death of odachi yeah, it'll be the zelda timeline it'll, yeah uh, and then pikmin one and two are getting remasters mm-hmm. john Faroque had never been happier <laughs> yeah i already picked them up actually oh. i've been playing through the first yeah. one i like that too that president shojo yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm 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 more looking forward to playing too, mm-hmm. but uh, I figured I would try. Well, one, one you can
2: bang out in like a sitting.
1: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not not very long at all, yeah. but but uh, but uh, good to have both of them back.
2: Yep, uh, Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume One coming to Switch, and this is a substantial collection. This yeah. is like those... Well, you're gonna need some space on it, I hear. Yeah, but this is like
1: a al- like those games, and then it's like the two NES or SNES ones. Uh, that were made before uh, Kojima was involved, like the original Metal Gear games. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be, like, a whole, like, history archive. There's going to be, like, a whole character art thing in this, you know, within, like, the confines of this, uh, however this collection is set up. Probably similar to how, like, the Battle Network one is set up, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, But just tons of stuff in here that I'm sure... Metal Gear Solid fans will love because it's it seems to be a a fitting you know collection yep. of these games like yep. everything that you could want is in there. I think there's even some comics in there, yeah, uh, or are manga animated, that were that you need like 30 gigs. Yeah, yep. so it's very a very full package there.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Vampire Survivors apparently that's a big thing. It's like shooting all these vampires.
1: Mm-hmm. I I forgot. I wouldn't know
2: either. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, we get the Headbangers Rhythm Royale, which is a pigeon based. Music based multiplayer game mm-hmm. with with burbs. If you yeah. like burbs. Well, yeah. like Not burbs. ooze, but they're burbs. Yeah. Um and then we get an interesting a new IP, Penny's Big Breakout.
1: From the Sonic Mania team, yeah. I believe. Yeah. They're
2: taking their stab at a,
1: a 3D platformer.
2: Looks like a hat in time, with yes. like the mechanics mixed with like classic three D Mario. Where you're using a yo-yo to traverse this open world and getting collectibles.
1: Should be interesting.
2: Yeah, looks fun, looks fun. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has finally answered Dan's immortal question. Can I race to the bathroom? You can, yeah. because now there's a bathroom racetrack. And I, I'm not entirely sure what else to... It is... It, yeah, it's
1: a bathroom, <laughs> and PD Piranha joins... Wiggler. And, Wiggler. And uh, Comic. Who I'm happy about, yeah. I thought it was Kamek. It is Kamek,
2: right? It's Comic well i i I, what did the announcer say it wrong or (laughs) i don't think so you know nintendo goes through these scripts with a fine tooth comb
1: Uh, comic comic
2: hansel yeah hansel but (laughs) mario kart still living still milking that eight (laughs) um then something else that was interesting we're almost at the end we get remake of star ocean 2 Which I was like, oh. 2D HD. HD, yeah. Which is getting a little bit old hat now. (laughs) Now there's like,
1: (laughs) now it's too much. We kind of got inundated with (laughs) that. Yeah,
2: I think maybe take a step back. But it it looks interesting. There's two diverging pathways, lots of uh, joinable characters. I haven't played a Star Ocean game, but it looks cool. With like the live action uh, fighting Mm -hmm. RPG style, all like Tales of Symphonia, Symphonia and stuff like that. I might pick it up. I need to see the reviews, and I want to know if I can just jump in to Star Ocean. Well,
1: I am waiting for the Dragon Quest 3 HD yeah. remake. Soon. Yeah. So that'll be the one, the next one that I dabble in, in mm-hmm. terms of those. But yep. Yeah, no, nothing about that today.
2: Yep. Uh, WarioWare Move It. Which I was surprised.
1: I was not expecting a WarioWare game mm. already. Um, but this one seems more geared towards, like, exercising. So mm. maybe that'll prompt me to exercise. Mm. If there's anyone that could do it, it's Wario, but yeah. I, I don't, um... Yeah. The most
2: physically fit among us. Yes, but, um, truly. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tears of the Kingdom, we're getting a Zelda and Ganondorf amiibo. This beautiful holiday. amiibo. So we'll be fighting for them. Yes. <laughs> Gotta join the fray once more, because I'll need both, allegedly, maybe that's around when the DLC comes out, and maybe by then, you know, I'll make some progress in the game. Of course. So, by Christmas. Uh, yeah,
1: well, I'm taking my time in it, too. Yeah. There's no reason to rush, yep. so...
2: I just feel so far behind. And then the last one more thing. Super Mario Bros. Wonder.
1: Very, very, very excited for this.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got rid of the sterilization that was the new Super Mario Bros. franchise. Yes. Which was tired. They're adding the original animations back to the characters from, like, the manuals and stuff. So you can actually see their expressions. Daisy is playable. Allegedly, Yoshi is playable. Our it's got- Beautiful yep.
1: painterly look to it, yep. like it, it just—it looks like a a much needed refreshing of. Yep. I love two D Mario games. I loved the new ones. I I loved. I mm-hmm. played a few of those new Super Mario, like anyone I did. I I never really liked them. Thoroughly enjoyed yeah, them. They felt but, a little simple. Again, with the the Mario mandate and everything, kind of becoming samey. I am very pleased that we are back to
2: and being weird. Yeah. Um,
1: and you can turn into an elephant. You can. <laughs> Which will prompt a lot of fan art, I'm sure. Yeah. If Elephant Peach and Elephant Daisy are there, then yeah. that's. What if they turn into different animals? That would also be interesting. Yeah. But seems based around these Wonder Flowers. They're smaller flowers are making quips the whole time. Yeah. Jonathan quips to
2: you like, "Hey, <laughs> what Ooh, are you that doing?" That looks dangerous. <laughs> uh,
1: but then, but then that when Kumba's you
2: was so peaceful.
1: The Wonder Flower, it kind of, everything gets trippy. Yeah. And presumably changes the you know how the map plays. So mm-hmm. I'm always up for more 2D Mario, so I pleased with this direction.
2: Yeah, so another direct ended, allegedly maybe one of the last ones we'll see for the Switch mm-hmm. before new hardware because it has been a long time. It didn't feel like a dying direct to me though. No. It felt like Nintendo has tons of stuff still. Maybe their next console will just be like an evolution of the Switch, which I'd be fine with. I would also because be this fine with the system that. has a good balance. Like I love the portability, I love the Connection to the TV for the long run games. If only they just fix the online, which they're making baby steps towards. I, I mean, if we were
1: truly in the in the final days of it, mm. I would I would just I legitimately it's it's a tired complaint I know, but I I want Wind Waker HD. I want I Twilight think, Princess I HD. I think they and, hear uh, us. Know. They'll give it. They'll like give
2: I it. all those ports for the Wii U that you and know we got that Illumination alleged Zelda deal that's happening. Yes. Yeah. So. Some more we up, money
1: we, yeah we, yeah we, yeah so it, it, it anything that would would help but I, I do not mind if we are in that death phase i would not mind more ports and mm-hmm. stuff of older games like the the wii u did mm-hmm. when it was you know when it's short reign came yeah. to an end it, it got those um but yeah stuff like that little little things like that yep um
2: but and yeah that Another direct over, an hour into our episode. We're finally yeah. up to date, Dan. It's what we get
1: for missing one week. Thank you for bearing with us. Yeah. Um, but today's episode will be a very casual one, uh, mm. because it's not something that I'm incredibly familiar with myself. Mm. This is simply some anime that I wanted to bring to the podcast yeah. to
2: have fun with. Also tangentially related to Smash Brothers. Now. Yes. Yeah.
1: We'll, we'll get into that. Mm. Um, but today, I'm rolling out the drawing board Power Wave edition. Oh. Um, Power Power Wave! Yeah, he, the drawing board's looking a lot more patriotic than you. Maybe as his 4th of July is coming up, he's looking a little more, you know, uh, patriotic. He's looking like an Eagle Lander.
2: Oh, I was thinking of, like, Little Edie in Grey Gardens with their flag doing the dance. It could be that, too. It could
1: be. One of the raccoons could be doing USO. That. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That song playing. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, he seems ready to, 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 to you know, do some combos and, ...and beat his friends at what was supposed to be a fun party. Um, yep. So, it brings us to Fatal Fury. Mm. Uh, known as Legend of the Hungry Wolves in Japan... ...is a fighting game series developed and published by SNK. Mm. Uh, the series was originally released on the Neo Geo arcade and home video game consoles. Uh, the series started in 1991 with Fatal Fury King of Fighters. Uh, the first game featured only three playable characters... Uh, If you want to compare that to Street Fighter 1, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, But notably, two fighters could double-team an opponent before then facing off against each other. So you could, you know, you as player 1 could be facing your opponent, Mm -hmm. and then halfway through the battle... I believe a player two could tag in to mm-hmm. help you.
2: The switch off strategy.
1: The switch off strategy. We're switching off. Well, not even switch off. <laughs> yeah. you, would, you would double team yeah. the, the opponent, but then uh, whoever came out on top, those two fighters would then face each other. Uh, that is only in that game, as far as I know. Um, but later installments adopted the world tournament setup of Street Fighter 2 and expanded the cast accordingly. So, mm-hmm. very similar patterns uh, here. Uh, The first three installments allowed the fighters to move between two planes on most stages, uh, you know, giving you some good dodge mechanics if you wished, um, but this system was progressively altered and then dropped uh, for later games. Fatal Fury itself received 11 main series games, with the latest installment being uh, Garou, Mark of the Wolves in 1999, and according to the- the- the word on the internet, that is probably the best in the franchise, and that is also where it kind of entered its dormancy. Um, but I should note that almost all of the games in the Fatal Fury system are currently playable on modern consoles like the Switch. You can go in, and I think, like, even the Switch has, like, a category with the Neo Geo, Mm -hmm. um, you know, throwback games and such so you can get most of the Fatal Fury games for pretty cheap if you want to try them out um, and and learn what Terry is all about for yourself mm. um, So uh, SNK as the company originally was uh, declared bankruptcy in 2001 uh, just after a series of financial hardships but CEO uh, Ikichi Kawasaki uh, is credited with working hard to rebuild the company and then reacquire all the licenses that they had been forced to sell off. In the bankruptcy process um so uh, that brings us to the last time that the fatal fury series itself was mentioned uh when the dormancy ended was in 2022 when snk announced that a new fatal fury title had finally been greenlit so there's i don't think there hasn't been any news about that since then uh but presumably they are still working on it Uh, Fatal Fury's cast of characters have remained prominent in other SNK titles, such as The King of Fighters and Art of Fighting. The Art of Fighting specifically serves as a prequel to Fatal Fury. Uh, So Fatal Fury characters have also appeared in in guest spots in other series, such as Dead or Alive, Tekken, Fighting EX Slayer, and of course, Super Smash Bros. Um, And this is where our... One of our legendary figures ties in, according to Sakurai himself, an ill-fated round of King of Fighters ninety-five planted the seeds for Smash Bros. in his head. Wow. he was at a party with his friends. It was supposed to be fun. As well, I referenced, how could a... they
2: be playing a fighting game at a party? They were. They were playing. They were. Playing they must fight... have been like you know. There must have been some sort of tournament going on there. Uh, presumably. And
1: he w- was uh, was facing off against a his friend uh, and his and the friend's girlfriend. Mm. And as far as the legend goes, Sakurai like three stocked them, <laughs> and it permanently damaged his friendship with mm. this other couple. Yeah. And Sakurai he said,
2: "How can I recreate this?" <laughs> well,
1: no, young Sakurai actually looked upon the destruction that he had wrought, <laughs> and he was like, "If only there was a fighting game that people could pick up." At parties and play oh. easier uh and that you know would kind of lean into the the seeds were planted for smash bros in <laughs> which you could play a fighting game with a skill ceiling that did not rely on combos yeah. uh, and of course we know uh we know how that story yeah. panned out
2: not a game of skill though <laughs> but i i i <laughs> love that
1: like that was I think because Terry was chosen for Super Smash Bros. because Sakurai is a big fan of this series. He's a big fan of King of Fighters, but I, I loved that we got that glimpse where uh, you know, Sakurai had, had ruined a fun party and vowed to uh to, to correct his mistake in the future. Um The story of Fatal Fury takes place in the fictional Southtown, USA. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) You didn't know that Terry is American.
2: (laughs) Southtown. No snow in Southtown. (laughs) No snow
1: in Southtown. Another spiritual connection Uh. to our podcast as well. Martial artist Jeff Bogard adopts two orphans, Terry and his younger brother Andy. Uh, But Jeff Bogard is later tragically killed by the crime lord, Geese Howard. Mm. Uh, Terry and Andy, swearing revenge, resolve to become great enough martial artists to face Geese in his own King of Fighters tournament. Uh, Terry trains in Southtown, and stays there, while Andy leaves to train in Japan. Ten years later, the brothers and Andy's new friend from Japan, Joe Higashi, uh, enter the tournament and set the first game's events in motion. Later installments would broaden the scale of the King of Fighters tournaments, like mysterious new benefactors would take over running the King of Fighters tournament. Uh, And so lots more characters and uh, antagonists are introduced accordingly as it goes. Mm. But Geese is usually (laughs) similar to M. Bison, he's hanging around in the background there. Gooses, geeses. So, bringing us to the subject of today's episode, Fatal Fury received a trilogy of anime adaptations consisting of two TV specials and a feature-length movie, Mm. and this was a sticking point that I kept seeing online. The two specials are sometimes incorrectly labeled as OVAs, as they are even on this Blu-ray box, Mm. Um, but they were made to air on television, so they are TV specials. Mm. They are not OVAs, strictly speaking. Okay. Uh, But it was two of those specials, and then a feature-length movie. Uh, The trilogy was produced by NAS, and featured character designs by uh, Masami uh, Obari, who we might not recognize immediately, but he contributed a lot of um, animation to, like, opening sequences and stuff from anime in the 90s that we probably recognize. Like, I think he did stuff for Magic Knight Rayearth, Um, and other... I think he did the opening credits for a few things. He was, you know, he came in to do a few episodes of different anime here and there throughout the decade. But I would say that that based on what I've seen of these specials, he has a very, very distinct style. Um, so, uh, 1992's Fatal Fury Legend of the Hungry Wolf covers the events of the first game. Uh, Fatal Fury 2 The New Battle does the same for the second game. Uh, and the movie, which we are not doing today, but we will almost certainly showcase in the near future, is a completely original story that, you know, has its basis in these first two TV specials. Um, so, why these specials? Well, because they're there. Uh, I... To my knowledge, the, uh, you know, when Viz originally licensed the Fatal Fury motion picture, it aired on Sci-Fi Channel back in the day, uh, so... Some of our older listeners might have, you know, stumbled across it back in the day on Sci-Fi Channel, back when they aired anime consistently, Um, and as far as I can tell, a lot of advertisements for the TV specials getting their English dub were probably shown on Toonami and on other anime blocks. So this might be something that people have, like, a passing familiarity with, even if they've never watched it. Um, but most of the passing familiarity would obviously be Terry being added to Smash Bros. If you were not familiar with that character beforehand, uh, it probably introduced him to a lot of people, Mm. um, and, and so maybe we can do something similar with this episode today, uh, take a look at these anime specials, get to know the story of this world a little bit more, uh, and maybe encourage other people to check it out, because as far as I know, they- all three of these- uh, productions are on YouTube at the moment. Mm-hmm. F- until the copyright bots notice and pull them down, uh, they are up for free. So if you like what you hear, go and check them out. Uh, even if we, you know, end up ruining what story there is, the animation looks some- like something special in these. Because mm-hmm. I've been, you know, the, the final, you know, impetus to bring this to the podcast was that I, I was seeing things on TikTok where people were, like, covering these specials and the movie and the animation looks top tier uh it called to mind when we watched like street fighter 2 the animated film um so i figured since we had already done that why not bring these uh just to to watch to sample see how we feel yeah um i i don't have any other special connection to this franchise me neither uh anyway but i figured these would be you know kind of some off the beaten path anime that we could check out yeah so
2: that's my intention. Yep. Any previewing expectations? Well, I mean, the only character I know is Terry Bogart, mm-hmm. thanks to Smash Bros. As you know, on this podcast, I'm not a huge fighting game like historian mm-hmm. that's going on. Um, but I will enjoy it. They always have some cool designs going on. And uh, Street Fighter, the movie, mm-hmm. surpassed my expectations. That was actually really cool. I don't know if it's going to be the same level as that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, same vein. Seeing a fighting game adapted to an anime. Of course. Seems like a cool time. We love a tournament. We love to see people punch mm-hmm. and kick. There's going to be a lot of roof. that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so. so, without further ado, uh, Jonathan, did you remember to fill out the paperwork to enter the King of Fighters tournament? I thought that was your job, Dan. Uh, you know, with all these mistakes week after week, I think it's time for you and me to finally have a dramatic uh, confrontation atop of a skyscraper.
2: Uh, just let me finish this mint chip ice cream first. <laughs> My favorite flavor. Still got a whole Grimace shake in there. Oh. <laughs>
1: Welcome back, everyone. When you feel that trembling beneath your feet, do you think that is the the energy of the earth,
2: or is it perhaps the, the trembling of that Wendy's biggie bag we oh. ate in the meantime? I mean, I know the answer to that question. I know that biggie bag <laughs> got me running to the bathroom ten times again. I don't know what it is about video game adaptations, but <laughs> they really stir up the bowels something fierce in me. So, uh, what are your thoughts on? We just watched the first
1: two Fatal Fury OVAs. Mm-hmm. Any initial thoughts that you would like to share?
2: You know, I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Not my fave. Okay. Not okay. my fave. A bit of a snoozer for me. Okay. Not, not a lot happened. In this one, I I understand.
1: Yeah. Um. Again, it from from what I've seen, from what I I have gathered, the movie kind of steps up the animation budget, yeah. and I well, I we had think... to know
2: these characters, I suppose. Yeah. So, I
1: yeah. I didn't want to skip these two because these
2: you know are anime
1: staples in and of themselves. Um. You know, and I figured if we went right into the movie, which is an original story, we would be missing out on you know the yeah. the uh, first two installments yeah. the backgrounds for these characters. I think um, it could
2: just be like in regards to like the fighting game universes mm-hmm. that get adapted to anime. This one seems very loose. Yes. Like at least Street Fighter from what I've seen like they go around the world doing things, mm-hmm. fighting new combatants, which they do here too, but I don't think Terry's a likable character. <laughs> you don't like Terry. <laughs> I mean, I like his design. But now I look at him in a different way. I was like, he seems kind of cool in Smash Bros., but he here he just seems kind of like an asshole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is shocking. Yeah. Um. But well, you know, we are working off of again. These were two TV specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second of which was was I, I would think almost felt almost double the length mm-hmm. of the first one. Um. But we're not going to get much in the way of like character development and like intimacy between the characters Mm -hmm. it's going to kind of hit the plot beats that it needs to hit like you know breeze past the major fights um but i i do agree that just you know this is no critique on any of the games themselves but i do think that street fighter 2 so far in Mm -hmm. terms of video game things that we've watched uh did a much better job of kind of getting across the fighting game atmosphere yeah and it could be that the movie ends up rectifying that it could be that the movie is able to kind of invest more of its resources into bigger and better fights mm-hmm. um well but...
2: clearly like the animation here was a little bit lacking
1: too yeah, yeah. um it, you know it, it the models i would say remained mostly detailed the mm-hmm. entire time the only thing is that terry loses muscle mass yeah. in between certain yeah. shots like they don't know whether to draw him as like beefy or skinny yeah i guess depending on who he's fighting um but i i think that that when we you know down the line do the movie mm-hmm. uh we can kind of compare and contrast what they had to work with versus not but i yeah. obviously that street fighter 2 movie holds a special place in our hearts i think mm-hmm. um but i wanted to cover these just for the recreation of it i
2: think if i was sakurai i don't think i would have added him to smash Bros. after this oh nope.
1: sakurai does so little for himself yeah <laughs> just let him have something mm. um he collects figures too don't mm-hmm. forget so uh the first tv special was fatal fury legend of the hungry wolf uh in Southtown, usa <laughs> uh young terry and andy bogard are out with their master, Tung Fu Ru, and their newly, uh, their new adopted father, Mm -hmm. Jeff Bogard. Mm -hmm. Jeff Bogard, from what we can gather, is a very popular, famous local martial artist, and he is being flocked by kids asking for autographs. Just like
2: Godzilla, the children love him.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think in my notes I said that he kind of looks like Tom Selleck. Yeah! Um... But he is, you know, humoring them. He's like, oh, okay, one at a time, we'll, we'll get the autographs and everything. Uh, and then a small girl with a basket of flowers comes up. Who you should never trust. Uh, I know, knew. And asks him if he would like to purchase one. Yeah. Um, and from what we, the brief time that we get with Jeff Bogard, he seems to be kind and he's like, sure, I will certainly uh, buy a flower from okay. you.
2: Yeah. Um, they are soon beset upon uh, by assassins, by
1: assassins, yeah. by mafia assassins. And I
2: thought the kids were in on it because the way the animation was, like all the kids clutched him, like they were holding him down. But no, yeah, he, just, they're going to him for shelter. Well, one kid was. Yeah,
1: the flower girl yeah. was in on it. Okay. Um, she served as a distraction mm-hmm. while I, I believe one stabs him. Henchman goes to like like he motions as if he's going to attack the girl, mm-hmm. and then when Jeff Bogard goes to shield the girl. Uh, the other henchmen deliver Mm -hmm. fatal blows against him. Uh, So this was all part of the plan. The flower girl was in on it. um, And Terry, Andy, and Tung Fu Ru are kind of helpless to... ...do anything because I think they were all about to board a ship, I believe. Yeah. They were all about to board a ship, but Jeff Bogart had stayed behind to, like, sign some autographs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Terry and Andy and their master kind of rushing down to help him, but they do not make it in time.
2: And that's another point against this, is we get no time to know the father figure at all. Yes. So I'm supposed to care why? True, yeah.
1: true. Yeah, again, but we are working with a very abridged, compressed, like, video game yeah. adaptation... Uh, so, you know, I would assume that, that in the greater lore of everything, there's much more. About, I, I would assume in the art of fighting prequels, we get to find out more mm-hmm. about him, too. Um, but finally emerging from the limo that these goons were in emerges Geese Howard. These our,
2: names are dumb, too. Are... I'm going I'm
1: to keep on complaining. <laughs> these are the dumbest names I ever heard. Geese Howard. That grimace shake, it's wakened something <laughs> in you. <laughs> something evil. This evil spirit. Yeah. But Geese Howard is very, very 80s. He's yeah. got like the the sport jacket, blonde hair, and a ponytail. He is he is very much a corrupt 80s business, business guy. Yep. Um, and apparently, he is a former disciple of Master Tongue as well. Um, but he, it should be noted that that Jeff Bogard was kind of already injured from the knife to the back a moment earlier, mm-hmm. so Geese Howard is able to kill him rather quickly using his, uh, I think it's killer wave technique. Um, The boys arrive too late to do anything, and, uh, you know, Geese Howard takes off with the flower girl in tow, Mm -hmm. thanking her for her Mm -hmm. work on this.
2: And this was in order to uh, make sure that the the techniques didn't get passed down anymore, because he stole some scrolls in the beginning?
1: Yes, uh, Geese Howard had his ninjas (laughs) steal scrolls. scrolls, scrolls. (laughs) Yeah. from uh, the what we can assume is is master tongues like Dojo that he was working with uh, Mr. Bogard at. Uh, a-, a scroll is stolen from that dojo. Mm. and Geese Howard's whole thing is that he should have he felt that he was the rightful inheritor. Mm. but um, we'll we we'll actually get this in a moment because, you know, uh, Jeff Bogard is buried. Uh, Terry and Andy are mourning him. Uh, and they kind of plead with master tongue to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but master tongue's like, no, in all likelihood, Geese Howard, you know he ro- like he runs this town. he already probably has the cops paid off. Uh, there's nothing we can do but but more importantly, it, even if I had intervened to fight alongside your father if we had made it there, uh, the risk would have been too great because there is a secret technique mm-hmm. uh, you know that has been passed down through you know, my line, mm-hmm. that is not included in yeah. the secret scroll that got stolen. Uh, so, you know, this technique, I can only teach it to one of you, uh, but it must be preserved and passed down in some capacity, and, and that's probably what Geese Howard was after mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the the boys promise that in ten years, they will reunite as much stronger men in order to face Geese again, <laughs> learn this new technique, and, uh, you know, avenge their father.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, ten years later, Terry returns to Southtown, um, and Geese learns of his return from his right-hand man, Billy Kane. Not Billy Zane. Not Billy Zane. Mm-hmm. Not on the Titanic. Oh, uh, but <laughs> yep. the... Billy Kane is a character from the games. You will note that he is, uh, he usually has like a Union Jack bandana on and Mm -hmm. he wields a cane as his weapon. Uh, He is, uh, again, the first game had only three playable characters being Terry, Andy, and Joe, Mm -hmm. but there were a handful of CPU enemies and Billy Kane was one of them. Uh, You'll know him from his Cockney accent as well. So uh, Terry enters the, uh, the it's the pow-pow nightclub. Mm-hmm. And, and
2: immediately starts womanizing. Immediately starts womanizing. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, but uh, one woman especially draws his attention. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh my goodness, it's Lily Maguire, the town strumpet. <laughs> yeah, the, the queen of South Town. <laughs> yeah, for a girl named Lily, she's like, I'm going to throw this rose.
1: <laughs> and whoever That's should true. catch it shouldn't her thing be lilies well a kid does give her a lily later it yeah. does it is acknowledged so i'm assuming that has to do with like oh she's putting on an act mm-hmm. for this but she's like i'm gonna throw this rose into the crowd and whichever one of you boys grabs it takes you get to home. take me out on the town yuck <laughs> um and you know a couple of the the drunks catch it but <laughs> terry you know joins the fray and and takes the rose yeah for that's just like
2: what a gentleman
1: and he's like, he pricks his finger on one of the thorns. He's like, you know, in the future, I would very much prefer, like, prefer a flower without thorns, if it's if it's you know possible. But he does not take her up on the offer no. to, to go out and about town. No. Um, but since Terry basically beat up everyone in the bar, he does get the attention of Geese Howard, uh, who you know orders his cronies to start uh, investigating things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a recurring. Uh, Crony, in both of these OV- uh, both of these TV specials, uh, Hopper, mm-hmm. it's the guy with the circular glasses, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a reference to Dennis Hopper's character in, in, uh, what was it, Full Metal Jacket? Yeah. I don't know. It could be. Um, but he's got circular glasses, he's, he seems to be one of Geese's right-hand men who does not do martial arts mm-hmm. in these, in these, uh, specials. So, um... Later on, Terry is kind of wandering the streets.
2: Well, he flees with Joe, right? Joe's yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Joe and him, uh, you know, who we don't know yeah, yet. Joe is
2: having a drink there, too.
1: And he's like, oh, you ruined my... I was just chillin' having a drink, mm-hmm. but you made a scene here and the two of them are about to fight inside the Pow Pow Club, but when the the cops show up, cause they're making a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially... He's
2: like, come back to my hotel room. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, so they... Later on, um... Oh, well, Joe quickly deduces that this Terry person is obviously Andy's brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andy himself went to go train in Japan, where he met Joe, who is a Thai... Practices, um, Mm -hmm. I think, motai Mm -hmm. kickboxing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, these are the three goobs that we're going to be centered around. Yeah. So, Terry later finds Lily talking to some poor children, uh, giving them food (laughs) and money. Uh, He, you know... Terry finally recognizes her as the blue-haired flower girl yeah. who helped Geese distract Jeff Bogard. Um, but he does not hold this against her because it's obvious that, you know, Geese is a, a puppet master of yeah, sorts.
2: That he's kind of like
1: extorting her. And we get this whole thing we're given Bioshock Infinite vibes where the, the bird in the
2: cage. Bird in the oh. cage. You're, oh.
1: you're a bird living in a gilded cage. Hammer at home. And what you know, is it better to be free or to yeah. know where your next meal is coming from? They already have the
2: flower from? imagery now. They're going to throw in the bird in the cage imagery.
1: Um, but, but Lily herself is kind of uh, bound to geese through some unknown debt. Mm-hmm. And she does blame herself for Jeff's murder all well, these years Well, he took
2: later. her in off the street.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so afterwards, uh, you know, uh, Joe, you know, explains that he's in Southtown to uh, enter the King of Fighters tournament. Uh, and, you know, Terry befriends him. They learn how they all know each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Terry is then reunited with, with Andy and Tung, uh, and Tung tells the two of them, uh, that, uh, about this technique called the hurricane punch. It was, um, it's only, it's a technique that only he knows. Mm -hmm. It was not included on the scroll and it is the most powerful technique of their, you know, of their school of fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can only go to one of them. So, at first, they're like, oh, well, you know, me and uh, Andy's like, oh, me and Terry will have, like, a street fight right now. We'll decide who is going to inherit but this. But that's
2: not necessarily true, Dan, you see. Yeah. Because, uh, what's his face? Tongue. Yeah, Tongue wanted to teach, uh, well, Tom Selleck and, um, what's his name? The Geese. villain Geese. Um, he was originally, they were thinking, like, Geese was stronger. Yes. But, um, Tongue chose tom Stellick instead yes because <laughs>
1: strength is not everything yeah um and after andy kind of like rushes off you know tongue kind of confirms that um or starts to imply that andy is too driven by his emotions at this point
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: which which opens up some interesting contrasts for like the second story that we get but uh you know but either way terry and andy will both enter the king of fighters tournament and should one of them be the victor, that one will get to learn the new technique from Master mm-hmm. Tongue. Uh, when Geese learns that the two brothers are entering the tournament, he sets a trap for them. Yeah. Uh, there are, the tournament uh, gets underway. They're kind of in, I would assume, Geese Stadium, whatever <laughs> whatever he owns. We see that Geese is hobnobbing with all the bigwigs in town. We see a lot of suits and mustaches and cigars. So we know that Geese is, is truly the king of Southtown. Yeah. He makes it snow in Southtown, mm-hmm. as it were. So uh, originally, while Terry is napping in his waiting room, uh, you know, they decide to have or Geese decides to have Lily delivered poison champagne champagne before the fight. Mm. Um, But right before Terry is about to drink from it, uh, Terry uh, uh, or Lily Lily. panics, knocks the glass away and Mm -hmm. explains that, you know, Geese is putting this whole thing on to get to him. Yeah. Um, while this is going on, the tournament that's happening in the background, obviously Joe and Andy and Terry himself are advancing, but there are a handful of, like, other, like, uh, King of Fighters characters that are canon to the first game who are, you know, back- like in the background here. Um, for instance, uh, you know, Billy Kane is in there, Raiden, who is a large uh, wrestler Wrestling. with, like, a lightning-themed mask. Uh, I think Hua Jai appears briefly. He is a Muay Thai champion, uh, but Joe defeats him in a really quick scene. Uh, I think Michael Max and Richard Meyer are name-dropped. Uh, and I think the only one who doesn't get an appearance is Duck King. <laughs> but uh, you would know him from his big mohawk, but mm. hes I, I don't think he shows up. So... Uh, you know, they, they, the tournament keeps going, and finally it comes down to, uh, Andy against Terry. Yeah. And, and meanwhile,
2: Master Tongue is posed as, like, an older woman. Yeah, he's got, like, a yeah. southern
1: bell hat on yeah. in the audience. And is
2: that Mai helping him, or just an odd lady?
1: It's just a random lady. Oh, okay. It's like he, just she, has, like, gave
2: a wink to the camera. I am like, are you, am I supposed to know who you are?
1: No, it's a random lady. Okay. Uh, I don't think there were any ladies in the first King of Fire's yeah. game. Uh, so joe notices that that geese has planted numerous snipers around the ring uh to kill just outright assassinate the brothers in the middle of this fight uh but joe intervenes to help them uh he takes a bullet to the shoulder but uh andy terry uh uh, master tongue joe and lily now Mm -hmm. make an attempt to escape in the confusion that, that happens yeah, after
2: Joe's this. taking an awful lot of bullets for these people throughout this series. Getting a lot of his ass beat. He's their friend. That's the power Why? of the
1: <laughs> I can't. I can't
2: say. Why? They had one drink together. Uh,
1: you know, Lily helps the others escape the building. Uh, oh, well, Master Tongue goes separately and he pulls <laughs> up in a jeep <laughs> to to help them all escape. Yeah. Um, but... Before Lily can make it down from this rope ladder, uh, rope ladder that they're they're using to get to street level, uh, Geese arrives and you know kills her the with slow a projectile. Attack. Her. <laughs> yeah, exactly how you would go. Yeah. She she falls out in this flash of light, lands on the street. Instead of
2: getting in her head, which she lands on, smashed open on the concrete. She still has enough semblance to, you know, string together a few sentences and a quick goodbye.
1: To say goodbye to to, uh, to Terry.
2: Sorry, I didn't mean to kill your father. It's not your fault. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah,
1: Terry absolves her of that, and she dies with a smile. Uh, Tongue is, you know, obviously (laughs) in the Jeep helping them escape, but he is impaled uh, by Billy Kane's cane, and he is hospitalized soon after. Uh, Basically, you know... Master Tung is keeping himself alive through sheer force of will. he's He's not gonna survive, you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: m- for the night, probably. So Andy, out of out of anger, goes uh, and takes Joe to go confront Geese Howard directly mm. at what we later see as like Geese Howard's private island, sort of. and uh, you know, but but tongue tells Terry to to hang back and he's going to teach Terry, the hurricane, uh, punch technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of confirms that, like, you, Terry, are much more in sync with nature, you kind of fight like a tree, you are planted into the earth, you can feel its energy, and it's better for you to have this technique as opposed to Andy, who, at this point, is still acting out of emotion, uh, and might risk going the same path that Geese went. Mm-hmm. He, he fights with his heart too much. Yeah. So, um... You know, uh, Master Tongue talks uh, Terry through mastering, like, drawing chi out of the ground and then building it into what is essentially like a Tasmanian devil spin. Yeah, it's just a Let It Rip Beyblade style. Uh, like this big, you know, uh, tornado attack that, you know, we the, we the audience only see like a tornado, but I, I would assume that based on the description, there's tons of stealth punches and kicks in there that just mm-hmm. overwhelm the opponent. Um and uh, Tung does demonstrate it to Terry, but he's only able to do it once before he dies standing. <laughs> just dies. Um, again, the, the doctors did warn him, but
0: yeah,
1: you know, Master Tug knew his body better than any doctor. Mm-hmm. So uh, Terry, with this new technique in hand, decides to, you know pursue Andy and Joe before they can go confront Geese. So, uh, Andy and Joe arrive at Geese Island, or, uh, whatever this location is, um, and they kind of fight their way through his other henchmen, not only all of the martial arts disciples that Geese has amassed, but also Raiden and Billy Kane. Uh, you know, they- they manage to overwhelm those two, uh, before making it to Geese himself in his palatial garden (laughs) where he's waiting for them, um, but he- quickly neutralizes the both of them uh so i think uh yeah so terry arrives you know after his friends have been defeated just in time to kind of save them uh and him and geese finally have their faded showdown it is very brief Mm -hmm. and but he does manage to uh you know get one uh you know there is a moment where the, uh... The hurricane... Well, no. Most of Terry's other standard attacks that you might have seen in Smash Bros, like Power Wave and Burning Knuckle, don't work on Geese at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're powerless against him, and Geese has his own kind of, um... You know... Uh, toolbox of, like, Death Wave and, and evil-sounding things like that. Yeah. Um, but finally... Terry is able to use the hurricane punch technique, which bangs Geese up pretty bad, and Geese, like, falls into his koi fish pond, where the fish start nibbling at mm-hmm. him. But Geese is not dead. Mm-hmm. He's just, this is a, a moral defeat. Um, so for the sake of, I would assume, this special, and for the video game, his fate is left ambiguous. Mm-hmm. But the Terry, Andy, and Joe meet again at Jeff Bogard's grave, uh, you know, kind of deciding what they'll do next. Mm-hmm. Joe has to go, he's going to go back to Japan to defend his, his the titles that he had previously won. Mm-hmm. Andy is determined to train more to kind of make himself into the warrior that Master Tongue would have preferred him to be.
2: And Terry's going to learn how to draw.
1: On the power of the <laughs> earth better. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there was a pause there. There was like a weird pause and we were like, oh, is he going to learn to draw Sonic?
2: <laughs> Just draw.
1: He's going to learn to draw Wario. Yep sexily um but they go their separate ways uh and that brings the first special to an end
2: Mm -hmm. and this second one this one felt long it was longer it it was no i know it was longer it felt long
1: well, yeah, uh, because they were covering a much bigger game. I didn't care
2: about Tony's Tiny Toon Adventures. So, we get to. <laughs> so even though I didn't care for this,
1: <laughs> it, it, it was a condensed yeah. retelling. They had to fit a lot in. Yeah. I would assume, uh, based on like what that second game introduced.
2: And you probably thought I was going to eat it up the way it opens and yeah, the organ playing and the black Again, roses. Maybe
1: Terry could win back your heart yeah. with the third one. Mm. We don't. Eh, who knows? Uh, but this is Fatal Fury Two: The New Battle. Uh, So, after his defeat by Terry Bogard, Geese Howard has retreated to the mountains, uh, and he is visited by his half-brother, Wolfgang Krauser, who I love. I don't know how you feel. I love Wolfgang Krauser. He's fine. (laughs) Again, in terms of Rankin-Bass parallels, he's Burgermeister, because he sounds exactly... Mm -hmm. It's just an American guy doing a bad German voice the entire time. Uh, And he's got, like, big-ass... Uh, you know, like Saint Seiya shoulder pads yes. and stuff. Um, but we, all we know about Wolfgang Krauser at this point is that he's bad, he's German, he's big mm-hmm. and uh, he is Geese's half-brother. Yeah,
2: And he shows up and he's like, oh, someone kicked your ass I'm bored, so yeah. I'm gonna hunt him down for you and see what, you know, Just to, what
1: man changed you. Just to have some fun and Geese is like, smirks and like, yeah, whatever, Go, go <laughs> challenge him I'll tell you. So in another part of the country, Terry Bogard uh, is kind of working construction on the docks and he saves his uh, co-worker. Scottish co-worker yeah.
2: what you <laughs> uh,
1: from some falling beams, uh, like, metal, like metal rebar, uh, and injures his legs slightly in the process. Yeah. Um, and Terry has kept a low profile <laughs> up until this point, but he's just like, oh yeah, I, I practice martial arts. Yeah. In my free time, so I kinda, my reflexes then are he's
2: good. He's visiting this kid, Tony, who you presume he knows because he just approaches him out of nowhere. No, he doesn't and, know him.
1: Well, he gives him hot dogs, Dan. I think he just sees a kid, like, not... Fishing. He, yeah, yeah, Like, he sees, like, uh, like, he, I think Terry's whole thing is that if he sees, like, uh, you know, someone who's alone, he's like, I'll go help him out.
2: That's not the vibe I got from Terry.
1: But, but he gives him a glizzy. Yeah. <laughs> Terry had a bag of glizzies, yeah. and he's like, you know, because this kid hasn't managed to catch any fish. Yeah.
2: Then we get some youths reenacting... The events of the
1: first movie, yeah. where, uh, you know, one kid is Terry, there's a kid playing Joe and Andy, and then a kid playing Geese. Uh, but Tony takes offense to this uh, because, you know, uh, he doesn't like it when Terry is... No, he doesn't t- like that a fat kid's playing Terry. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know... I, Tony is a dick to these yeah. kids but the the kids are also dicks back to yeah, him they beat the
2: crap out of him so
1: I gotta assume that these kids have bullied Tony before yeah. and he doesn't want bullies playing the people he idolizes mm-hmm. so but but the main thing with Tony is like don't you know don't uh, don't talk
2: about my dad
1: don't pretend to be Tony yeah. or don't pretend to be Terry yeah. <laughs> and you know because Terry's a hero mm-hmm. he's the wolf he's unbeatable mm-hmm Um, and then we get the background that Tony's father was a martial artist who was killed in a fight.
2: He's dead, and then he, like, you know, he goes ham on that one kid.
1: Yeah, and he- he he kinda, sorta, you know, uh, beats on a few of the kids. He does manage to, like, hold his own and scare them off, but then he starts wailing on the kid who was playing Terry until the real Terry intervenes and stops him. He's Mm -hmm. like, you know, if you were really- stronger than him and you were secure in that fact you wouldn't beat on someone who was weaker than you uh so then um terry is challenged by another fighter named kim capuan who is a character from the game itself uh and uh, the two of them have a a brief fight on the docks here where terry once again uses the hurricane punch from the previous special uh and defeats him Mm. but he, the relationship with kim is friendly he helps like fish kim out of the the yeah. bay when he falls yeah. in and kim is simply in this you know as a real martial artist and he's like i'll train and get stronger mm-hmm. you know and fight you again someday but this is just to to kind of prove to tony that this is the terry. real terry bogard yeah. um and that there were still fights going on in this world here uh while terry is is heading uh back into town so do these
2: two live together now or no
1: tony's just following him mm-hmm. tony's like tony wants to be terry's disciple yeah. like martial art like in martial arts but terry's like no kid i i'm still training myself like i'm not taking on a student mm-hmm. so you g- get out of here get <laughs> um but while terry is heading back you know a storm is overhead And a man is watching them from the shadows. And and Terry senses this guy's power just enough that it makes his hair stand on edge. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is none other than Wolfgang Krauser. Uh, He emerges and makes very short work of Terry. Beats the shit out of Terry. uh,
2: Traumatizes him.
1: Traumatizes him and to add insult to injury almost instantly learns how to do the hurricane punch technique. Mm -hmm. Like he watches Terry do it once and then duplicates it, um, you know, because he's just that good. Mm-hmm. So Terry is defeated, he is soundly defeated, uh, and he's knocked out in the process. But Tony kind of comes to his rescue and tells Krauser that, that you know, Terry had already injured his leg that day. <laughs> he just fought some kids. <laughs> and he just, like, he just fought another martial artist, so you were not fighting him at his best, so you didn't get a real challenge. And Krauser's like, Okay, you know, I'll accept that. Tell him to meet me at my castle in Germany, and we will finish this on, like, even footing, mm-hmm. uh, if that is the case. Because the whole thing with with uh, Wolfgang Krauser, he's kind of like Kaido. He wants to, to meet a challenger who will finally defeat him. He has not felt the joy of combat in a long time, so that's what he is looking for. So, um, you know... Uh, meanwhile uh joe higashi is fighting big bear uh who was formerly re- uh, raiden i would assume that they it was just like oh rydens you know we got to give this up uh, this character like a second name because the other raiden mm-hmm. might have come out at that time mm-hmm. so uh you know he's fighting big bear in like this cage match with electrified lines around it um and the announcer for this or, well, no, the one putting this little fight on is Cheng Sinzan, who is a new character in F- Fatal Fury 2. Mm. I, th- I think he's playable, because he did Tai Chi. Um, but Joe is, is fighting Big Bear, and Big Bear taunts him. Kind of like, oh, I heard Terry just got his ass kicked. kicked. You know, aren't you going to do something about that? And Joe, you know, has no patience for this. <laughs> he knocks out Big Bear, and then he knocks out uh, Cheng... And leaves to go find what happened to Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, it's because I, I got it noted here. Th- we did watch like the intact version of this. Uh. Apparently, this um, version. There are some versions that cut the part where he just like throws Chang into the arena. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe just to save time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did get the complete version terry wakes up in tony's house and learns that uh you know uh, tony's mom has been taking care of him uh tony is not present because he's out working uh while uh terry you know leaves at tony's mom's behest uh, tony's mom does not want her son to be a
2: fighter in this universe yeah to
1: to follow in his father's footsteps and end up dying in the ring Mm -hmm. um so, Tony notices Terry at the train station and tries to get him to stay, but Terry refuses. Uh, he also forbids Tony from going with him because of his mother, but Tony does so anyway by stowing away on top of the train mm-hmm. that he gets on. Um, so, Terry's yes. defeat causes him to start drinking. Another
2: thing I didn't know is this, this <laughs> short video, this not an OVA, like this little animation... Would be about Terry recovering from his drinking problems, <laughs> yeah. his depression and drinking. I it's the whole film.
1: It. I did not expect it either. He gets like a leaving Las Vegas, yeah. like he's walking through all yeah. the yeah. neon yeah. signs with the bars yeah. open and he's, Terry is at his lowest point uh, because he keeps having flashes of his fight with Krauser. Yeah, yeah. Truly um, traumatized. And this culminates with Terry throwing away well, his gloves. fighting gloves.
2: Well, oh, no, getting his ass thrown out of a bar, and then he's like, I'm <laughs> yeah. done, I can't do this He anymore. gets his ass
1: thrown out of an Applebee's yeah. at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday because yeah. he drank too much. This would be me. <laughs> and he throws away his fighting gloves, but Tony, we see, keeps them. Uh, back in Japan, meanwhile, Mai Shirinu comes to the dojo where uh, Jubei Yamada and Andy Bogard are currently living and training. Both of these two new characters yes. were playable in Fatal Fury 2.
2: Maya, I know because a lot of people wanted her in Smash Bros. Yes. She's a little risque. She is
1: risque, and she I think that's why she was. She got, She got. shows up in Dead or Alive mm-hmm. occasionally. I think she's the character that crossed over with that one. Um, but she's a ninja. She's like the last remaining uh, descendant of this line of ninjutsu practi- practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, J- Jubei Yamada is like an old perv, but a skilled fighter in his own right. Yeah. And he's the one who's trained Andy Bogart in Japan. Uh, and apparently, uh, you know, Andy and Mai were childhood friends <laughs> while they were both training here, and Mai considers Andy to be her fiancé. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, Andy is clueless to this. He's just trying to do some serious training in, in nature. Uh, when Mai... Interrupts him, you know. He's like, "What? Well, what? You know? Do you see me as a friend, or are you going to accept your role as my future husband?" Yeah. And Andy doesn't know what to do.
2: I think Andy seems like the main character to me. Like, you know, he's sane. He gets calm, much more cool, focused.
1: Yeah. Here, he gets like a lot more to doing do, things I guess. actually. Um, but Joe also appears, uh, and he tells Andy that uh, you know Terry has just lost a fight and he's gone underground, which the means the world
2: knows that he lost a fight
1: gone into the bottle who told them it's in the in the fighting circuit i don't know (laughs) just in in punch magazine whatever we see something in one shot there's like fighting magazine (laughs) or something it's in that uh so jube tells andy and joe about krauser uh, while Mai is eavesdropping you know Mm -hmm. nearby um and you know jube is is very very clear that krauser is not to be trifled with He comes from a long line of warriors who have been, like, contracted to protect European nobility. Uh, They are relentless fighters and killers, and each head of the Krauser household can only secede the previous person by killing them and defeating them in a fight. Mm. Uh, Well, not even—perhaps not even killing them, but when you are the head of the household and you are defeated in a challenge— you must take your own life and the person who defeated you inherits Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, Jubei is very clear that Andy, Joe, and Terry, whoever, should not go after Krauser under any circumstances. Um, So they, uh, yeah, we just get more of this background and Krauser's, like, subtitle is the Emperor of Darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, And on his 16th birthday, (laughs) that was when he killed his own father to become head of the family. Kind of fucked up. Uh, back at the Krauser Castle in Germany, uh Krauser is actually reminiscing about his father. Uh you know I don't
2: think of him. Much. I don't dream of him. Much. I let my <laughs> things
1: for one day. Yep. No more. And later on he's like to his Alfred Butler, he's like, I dreamt of my father.
2: Yeah, he's fucking butler's too. It's like, oh sir. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's like, you dream, sir. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was But
1: Krauser's like, I only allow myself one day a year to think about you. Um, I should start
2: doing that for you, Dad.
1: No, so, uh, I, there's so many interactions yeah. that you and I could, you know, yeah. doing this. But uh, the main thing is that we get the flashback that Krauser, uh, Wolfgang Krauser, that is, when he was much younger, you know, he was beaten on by his father frequently to, to, uh, to I guess, toughen him up into being the next inheritor. And we also get a shot where, you know, Geese, who is. Um, Wolfgang's half-brother, from what we can gather, uh, Rudolfo Krauser, you know, the elder one, Mm -hmm. had, uh, abandoned Geese Howard's mother, left him as an orphan, so then, uh, you know, Geese tries to confront them, but gets his signature eye scar when, uh, Wolfgang slashes him away, and that's how the two of them know one another. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, so Krauser was, was, beaten on by his father regularly and it wasn't until 10 years after that where he made short work of his father in a one-on-one match and inherited the throne mm-hmm. but the main thing with krauser is that he has felt empty ever since like he has not enjoyed fighting since that day because he hasn't felt a real challenge yeah. um, and this is a thing that even terry echoes later on about like the emptiness left after clearing a certain challenge like that mm-hmm. So back at the dojo, again, Jubei does not want any of the other characters to get involved, but Andy, who is angered by his brother's defeat, refuses to listen. Uh, Jubei challenges Andy, uh, for the right to leave the dojo, um, and Andy does win, uh, and leaves with Joe to seek revenge, uh, and Jubei asks Mai to accompany (laughs) them to make sure that they do not
2: fight Krauser head-on. I'm getting too old for this. So, um... Back at a park, a sleeping trunk oh, Terry—the best, best scene of the double feature today—is uh, roused by some punks who try to rob Literally him. Literally, just the village people. Come um, on, gals, we're going to beat him up before the Barbie showing. But he, but
1: he gets beaten up. Uh, Tony learns of Terry's involvement in the fight and his subsequent <laughs> arrest. Uh, at the airport, Joe decides to go find. Like he, through one of his like underworld contacts, he gets. Uh, like oh Terry's in the drunk tank in this city here. Yes. Uh, go go get him. Yeah. So you know uh, Tony kind of springs Terry from prison with what money? Well, with Joe's help. Joe okay. pays for him, but Joe shows up on the steps and is like, mm. "Look at yeah. you! You smell like booze and mozzarella sticks. <laughs> you you're, gotta wake up. You're a disgrace. Andy would be ashamed of you if he saw <laughs> you like in this." The stomach. It's like okay. Uh, but but Terry is not ready to hear it yet. Yeah,
2: and then uh, Joe's like, oh, your brother, he's gonna go fight Krausner?" And he's like, what?
1: Yeah. But but even then, Terry's not in a position to, like, help. He thinks it's hopeless. Uh, and Joe, although he's angry at Terry, is definitely cognizant of the fact that, like, okay, Terry's terrified. Yeah. This Krauser guy must be serious business. So, uh in Germany, Andy and Mai are trying to find Krauser, but they posing learn... as a couple. Yeah, posing as a That's couple. That's their
2: thing, I guess. It's like, they're supposed to be... Well, Mai's, like, pretending they're on vacation.
1: Andy's got a very 80s neckerchief, uh, like, lilac shirt combo mm-hmm. going. Uh, but, like, you know, Mai wants to stay there a few days, treat it as a vacation. Um, but Krauser is not in the country. He yeah. has taken on bodyguard duty for unnamed... A princess diana figure yeah. somewhere in uh, somewhere else in europe mm-hmm. um so they uh while my mysterious
2: man who we've seen is watching them yeah. from
1: afar so uh you know my goes out about town to do some shopping but she is confronted by lawrence blood who
2: that's a way more intimidating name than this man turns out to be uh, it sounds like I'm Lawrence blood.
1: (laughs) Well, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But in, he is a canon game character. He is a former bullfighter who uses those techniques in combination with his sword. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like that is his fighting style. Uh, He brings Mai to these ancient Roman ruins. How ugly. Yeah. Mai doesn't it. Mai's (laughs) not impressed.
2: What? Okay.
1: Mai would much rather be at like, uh, the Cinnabon. (laughs) Yes. Um, she's not impressed by those ruins. And although Mai puts up like a very good fight, uh, she is defeated and taken prisoner by Lawrence. Mm, I didn't
2: like that either. The one woman character, yeah. I,
1: These unfortunately. fighting games
2: have a habit of doing it.
1: Uh. So, but Andy shows up and quickly dispatches Lawrence Blood with his newfound powers that he's accumulated in the time skip. Uh, he rescues Mai, and the two of them seem to finally connect. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, we're gonna go home now we're gonna go home together mm-hmm. whatever in my seems content that uh that that andy finally cares about her yeah uh, which again is not a great arc for a woman but in this late 80s fighting game i it, it is mm. we we make do with what mm. we with what we got here
2: yeah. any bones any scraps
1: so uh back at another bar <laughs> at tgi fridays <laughs> Terry is challenged by Axel Hawk and his sparring partner. Mm. Uh, Axel Hawk is another game (laughs) character. He
2: is a boxer, similar to Balrog. That's why he always has his boxing gloves on, even in the bar.
1: Um, But Axel Hawk is, like, unimpressed because Terry is still really (laughs) drunk and he's, like, asleep at the bar. So, uh, Tony ends up fighting Hawk's sparring partner, who reluctantly, uh, you know, fights him and beats him up. But in the course of the fight, Terry notices how Tony is refusing to back down, even though the odds are completely against him, Mm. and Terry is reminded of his younger self after his father's death, you know, fighting to survive and then steadily overcoming one challenge after another in order to get to the point mm-hmm. where he was in the first movie. Yeah,
2: he's just dreaming while Tony's getting the shit out of
1: him. And the sparring partner like stops eventually. It's like, should
2: I beat up this kid? Like,
1: I feel weird. But that snaps Terry out of it. Uh he he, you know.
2: He sees himself within young Tony. Yeah,
1: and Tony saved Terry's gloves, <laughs> which Terry puts back on cuz we're about to get back to business and uh to- uh Terry kind of reawakens his power and makes very short work of Axel Hawk, who had admittedly just been there to taunt Terry yeah. and was like, I was just trying to get a rise out of you to see if you would fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Terry overcomes his drunkenness very fast, defeats Axel, and he decides to, you know, go into the woods to train to reconnect with the Earth and, you know, get back to his, his former I'm prowess. Just saying,
2: someone should have kicked Tony's ass earlier. It would have lit a fire.
1: So, uh, in another country, at this Princess Diana parade, Joe Higashi challenges uh Krauser in his very beautifully appointed hotel room. Yeah, through the room service gag. The room service gag. Yeah. Uh and Anyone order a beating? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um <laughs> but, uh, surprised he didn't use Muppet I like, Man. I
2: like Joe, too. Yeah. Like, Joe is fine, but he gets the shit beat out of him all the time in this, too. Yeah.
1: He, he does manage to, like, briefly hold his own against, uh, Krauser.
2: Then Krauser starts breaking his bones.
1: <laughs> like, he even unveils, like, his own super technique, which I think was a recurring thing in the second and third games that they started giving mm-hmm. characters these super, super techniques. Um, but that is not enough to stop Krauser... Uh, who leaves Joe battered and half dead in yeah. this hotel room. And it's, it's you know for the brief fight scenes that yeah. we get it is a cool it's, moment yeah. like yeah. the windows are blown Shattered, out yeah. and it's like oh like oh these two these two dudes are fighting on a on another level here.
2: Oh, you made quite a mess.
1: <laughs> I'll leave you. Enjoy the hotel room. <laughs> uh, you know and then so he Krauser leaves unfazed uh but Joe is admitted to the hospital. Um so uh along the way to germany uh you know terry fears that he is still not strong enough to take on krauser but while he's out camping and training <laughs> the spirits of lily Maguire, not lizzie mcguire lily mcguire <laughs> names man and tung fu ru kind of appear before him obi-wan kenobi style and say that if he keeps like drawing from deep within himself, he is going to be able to win this fight.
2: There's just an Elvira joke there. It's like, do you know Master Tongue? No, but give me a few minutes and I can manage. It's like... Well, you kept making My West jokes, May, May we- so... My West. My West would be the pun, Dan. Yeah, I, I, I confused it, but yeah. <laughs> My West. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he sees the go he's like, thank you, girl, I just met, and <laughs> not you, teacher. <laughs> yeah. But it's like,
1: it's probably Terry just reckoning this with himself, but it's like, no, yeah. like, you don't understand. My whole thing was to get stronger and be the best fighter, and even after defeating Geese, like, there's no way that I could... St- defeating Geese Howard, not yeah, just not the birds. The, the geese. <laughs> uh, even after defeating him, I still have to keep trying to get stronger, and Krauser is standing in my way as the next strongest opponent. Yeah. Um... So, uh, learning of Joe's injuries, Terry and Tony visit him in the hospital, uh, where they meet Mai. Uh, Joe tells Terry that Andy will meet him at the cemetery, where they went their separate ways their the last hangout, time. Their normal hangout,
2: because everyone they love is dead. Yeah, well, <laughs> unironically, sadly, yeah. yeah. And Joe's hooked up to the ketchup and, mu- the and ketchup mustard. ketchup and mustard. <laughs> <IVs>. <laughs> Which I'm sure is, like, blood and urine, but whatever. And,
1: uh, and, and Mai, Mai is there with him, like, keeping an eye on him. Uh, so, they, uh, Andy and Terry meet up, and then they go to the old, like, Bogard dojo mm-hmm. where they had trained as kids, and they decide to have one fight where they go all out in order to decide who will face Krauser. Mm. Uh, they nearly kill each other, but Terry wins by showcasing his new technique, the power geyser, which is a recurring move across all his appearances. Uh, I don't know if he gets to do it in Smash or not, but I i feel like it's referenced in some capacity he definitely does power wave in those games Power wave, but power geyser is a much stronger version of that technique mm. so uh you not know, to
2: be confused with what's the move coming up the kaiser the
1: kaiser wave yeah um that's not their fault that those two words rhyme mm. uh but terry wins and andy is confident that that you know terry is the one who is going to be able to defeat krauser yeah so the next day, I guess in
2: Germany, Tony, Terry
1: and Tony arrive at uh, Stroheim
2: Castle. Yeah, and meanwhile, the uh, what's his name? What's the villain's name? Uh, Krauser. Krauser is like, oh, I had to dream about my father.
1: And then the butler's, this is where it's like, what was the dream, sir? Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh,
2: maybe he's trying to warn you, sir. And then the teacup shatters by. It's going to be an interesting day. If anyone calls, I'll be on my pipe organ. Yeah, he's always playing. the.
1: <laughs> he's got the Davy Jones pipe organ. Yeah. He's always playing it. He's playing his father's favorite song, mm-hmm. uh, you know, channeling something, but he no no tears. No tears, only Jimmy's. Yeah. He he does not cry. Mm-hmm. All his tears ran out yep. that day. Um, but uh, you know, Terry is invited into the castle where he fights Krauser in his throne room, yeah. pretty much.
2: This was the best animated fight scene, I think. It was. Yeah. The intro to it. They it's short, like all the fights are short.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. Um it... So, you know, they, they fight each other again. They both exchange the hurricane punch techniques, uh, where it seems like Krauser has the upper hand yet again, but Terry does actually manage to break through like the Saint Seiya mm-hmm. torso armor he has, and Krauser is impressed. Mm-hmm. They exchange a few more blows. Krauser kind of has him on the ropes, but then Terry hits him with a full-on power geyser attack, knocking him back into the, the organ and you know destroying that portion of the castle uh krauser emerges unarmored like his game sprite is Mm -hmm. uh and he's like oh this is truly the day that i've been asking for like you are pushing me to the extreme exactly like i wanted Mm -hmm. um and him and terry have like a direct hand-to-hand brawl with each other that is very brutal and and Tony watching from the sidelines yeah, with those big doe eyes, <laughs> he kind of finally understands what Terry and his mom have been talking about. That, that like fighting is dangerous. It's dangerous. It will take a physical toll. Yeah. It will like this it will inspire
2: is fire a cycle of revenge and trauma. Yeah, you, you got to yeah.
1: be inhuman to do. It. You might have to be like a monster to to do it on this <laughs> level. So uh, you know Terry finally hits Krauser hard enough in the chest. Turns with those red eyes. To cause, like, internal bleeding. Oh yeah, the red eyes are yeah. a recurring thing. But he, he stops one of Krauser's attacks, punches him in the chest, <laughs> and this does enough damage that Krauser admits that he has been defeated. <laughs> but of course, being the heir to Stroheim Castle, upon his defeat, he cannot live any further, yeah. so he leaps from the castle parapet, like the hole that had been yeah. blown in it, uh, to his death in the ocean. Uh, but watching from a booze cruise <laughs> yes. yacht nearby is Hopper mm-hmm. geese's right- hand man who smirks yeah. at the fact that Krauser has just been defeated um so uh, we later see that Hopper reports back to geese yeah and he's like hey, hey, hey. and he's like he, <laughs> he considers <laughs> Krauser to be a fool he removes his bandages from the fight with Terry and then n- now you can do it. <laughs> out loud, uh, you know, presumably vowing his revenge, which he would try to take in future games. Not I don't think in the movie, which is an original story, but we'll we'll find out eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Tony and Terry part at a train station. Uh, you <laughs> to know get the
2: romantic goodbye.
1: With Tony's mother there to greet him, Tony promises Terry that someday he will make a great you know, he will become a great martial artist and you know challenge terry himself mm-hmm. uh terry kind of smiles and throws the boy his signature stupid iron plate cap as yeah. a memento
2: tony gets on the head passes out
1: to their new journey yep. Yep. and and these uh the, the specials conclude here mm. and that was that that's <laughs> the first two <laughs> that sure was here.
2: something yeah
1: <laughs> i'm glad we watched it yeah i like terry I like geese.
2: That makes one of us. I like Krauser. It just feels a little dumb, even though it's anime and that's our podcast, and we love dumb things. For me we do. Man, we do. but I want it's, a little bit more. It's very 80s. It's
1: very, like, uh, you're, not going in, uh, you're not going to get as much action out of, like, that Street Fighter movie. Mm-hmm. Certainly not. Um, but, you know, these are little snippets of kind of, uh, in the history of anime adaptations, these are there, and obviously they lead into the movie, which... Uh, based on what I've read online, people had a, a pretty positive response to. It was well received. Yeah. Maybe some of our older listeners might have even watched it when it aired on the sci-fi channel back in the day. Um but I didn't want to skip these two things, because we gotta learn about the Bogard boys. Yes. We had, we got we had to know their origin. Yep. And the origin of geese and and the rest of uh, you know, these goobs I just, fighting. Someone co-
2: I hope someone comes up with Terry, like, to Terry with a drink and his hand starts shaking he's like, no, I can't go back there again. No, he, no, he, kicked. <laughs> yeah.
1: he kicked it. Yeah. He's not drinking that, it was like something... Whiskey,
2: like... he was starting whiskey yeah. straight and then, you know, all he, downhill. He from bought there.
1: more from a street vendor as he was walking. He couldn't even <laughs> yeah, make it.
2: oddly enough, this is
1: the sober, the most sober <laughs> I've been watching an anime. <laughs> That's true, figure. yeah. Maybe, we could all learn from Terry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, thank you for For watching with me, sir, as always. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, before we sign off... Next time,
2: I want an anime without thorns. (laughs) (laughs) A smooth anime, perhaps. Like a grimace shake going down the gullet. Oh, yeah. It's got that burn, though. (laughs) We'll we'll have to save the grimace shake for the next tangent, because that's a whole discussion there. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, But is there anywhere our audiences can reach you? You can find me Jonathan Whitekowski at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drinking J K on Twitter, and the I think Losing My Mind JK or Drinking J K on the TikTok as well. I always forget. I apologize. Or if you like my podcasting skills, my commentary, you can check out my two older podcasts, being Nightcaps at the Theater, where we take a look at some good bad movies, bad good movies, not to be confused with upcoming projects. Yes, <laughs> it's a distant property. They are enjoying. They're all under the same umbrella in my yes. mind corporation or if you like to read i have two seasons of drink and read where i read a book of course some comments on it and you dan uh you can follow me on instagram at king
1: underscore danis where i'm still posting the artwork that we discuss here on this podcast and you can also follow us uh the uh, the anime was not a mistake podcast facebook page and Mm -hmm. instagram account
2: Mm -hmm. if you wish all right so next week we will be slightly delayed Mm -hmm. but we will have a bevy of riches in store so that delay won't happen for a while yes um uh, like in future, but uh, we do have an anime to finish. We do this uh, on my list. Already getting one out of the way of what we're watching. Uh, we're gonna finish *Trigun* and we see are. what *Vash the Stampede* uh, finally has to say to knives when they make their confrontation. Who's gonna come out alive? Oh, I'm yeah. I'm very excited to see
1: that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, we we will be delayed slightly in that we will be skipping Sunday but we are going to take time uh, mm-hmm. next week mm-hmm. to uh, not only finish Trigun, but front record load some episodes some, yeah front yeah. load some episodes and maybe try something a little special yeah. so we hope that you will be excited to check that out mm-hmm. uh, we we do hope you know we thank all of our listeners for listening and tuning in as always uh, and we hope to to have some new content coming your way in quick succession well, remember to keep drinking and shoot for the moon
2: <laughs> 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 i'll get my gloves mm. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at AnimeWasNotAMistakePodcast or on Facebook at AnimeWasNotAMistakePod. We promise to go happy's on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to-be-continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara!